0: Hello, this is Nick from Wow Talk, and you're listening to In Orbit on Mash Those Buttons. You're not going to replace me with Nolan North, are you? Guardian. Guardian. Guardian.
1: Welcome to In Orbit, Mash Those Buttons podcast dedicated to Destiny and its community. I'm your host, Jorge, and I'm here with John Waldraff, a.k.a. Walt G. Say hey, hi. Hey, everybody. I'm also here with Jablaze himself, Jarrett Redding. Hello. And introducing a guest today, Mr. Nick Layton. How you doing, Nick?
2: Doing good, thank you.
1: Uh so last time we went over uh our video game backgrounds from uh ourselves. So why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and uh what your video game background is,
2: Nick Um All right, my name's Nick and uh I grew up on the Nintendo as everybody else did. Uh started playing PlayStation, played PlayStation, PlayStation two, got an Xbox three sixty, and then uh made the switch to the PS4, been playing Destiny. Um played a little bit of World of Warcraft, but Lately Destiny's been the game, so I plan on it continuing to be the game.
1: And uh what kind of games you were were you playing back in those days for the Nintendo and PlayStation and whatnot?
2: Uh pretty wide variety. I never really got into to sports games too much. Um I was more of, you know, fantasy, uh, science fiction kind of style games. Halo, Halo 2, the classics, you know. Uh Some mm-hmm. Devil May Cry, Resident Evil is a is a very favorite series of mine. Uh Usually, first person shooters are at least third person shooters. Cool. Cool.
3: I know my asthma kept me from playing a lot of sports games.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, now
1: that we've got Nick out of the way and, and Waldy over here throwing zingers left and right, how about we get back into it? Episode 9 of In Orbit. First let's talk about Destiny 2.0, the weapon balancing, uh, PvE, PvP, the story now through the quest lines, exotic blueprints, all that good stuff that happened before uh, Taken King. Um, we had one week before Taken King where we could just fully experiment with the different things even though we were limited in what we could do in terms of strikes and the difficulty. Um. How did you guys feel about the weapon balancing in terms of PVE? Let's let's start off with PVE. The big one was the shotguns being nerfed in terms of range and damage. Uh, We'll start off with Jock.
0: Um, I'll be honest with you. I really didn't notice that big of a change. I don't know if it's just the way I use shotguns in PVE because in PVE I don't use them for distance at all. I'm usually pretty up close to an enemy when I use it, Mm -hmm. and even when the when the taken king started for every character I start new with I would have you know some primary weapon but I would always have secret handshake that was my secondary mm-hmm. and it served me well for quite a long time in the taken king until I finally started getting some weapons uh not only that were more powerful but more, you know worth using so I for PBE, I really didn't notice a big deal with um the the, the shotguns Hand cannons were a totally different story, though.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I I definitely could say I, I noticed it um, that last week before Taken King. I was still doing a couple uh, Prison of Elder runs, um, and uh, the 35 skull loss was a lot more difficult than it usually was. Uh, I couldn't do the the normal strategy on the very first part with the hive. This was mm-hmm. back when I was 34 and they were 35, where I would just pull out my shotgun shotgun the first guy um the, the, the ogre there and then i would run back uh to where everybody was at, everybody else was at well by the time i got through my magazine he still had more than half of his life And i was like this is not a good idea anymore I and i got destroyed pretty quickly so i kind of noticed a big uh change in terms of certain shotguns um what i have noticed is most of the shotguns that drop now are of the High impact, um, low rate of fire um, variety, at least the big ones. Um, Jumping ahead a little bit in terms of of taking King, uh, in the quest line, the main quest line, you eventually get a shotgun called Conspiracy. I think Conspiracy Theory D is that what it's called? Yeah. Uh, With a rangefinder that it's 300 and you just wreck people with it. Um, And I was using that a lot in uh, PVE to do damage to uh, captains um another uh arc shield enemies and yeah that, that 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 was a it was a big change from me using for example the uh the found verdict the the max at the time found verdict and uh yeah it, it it took some getting used to um another thing i did notice was that fusion rifles they also moved those to the high charge rate high impact ones and i'm actually a fan of those cuz i'm wrecking minotaurs i'm wrecking the centurions captains with my fusion rifle i know nick over here is wrecking people with telesto all day every day
2: yes Um, i'm big fan of
1: telesto have you seen any
3: changes with with the other weapons as well well uh just to get back on shotguns i i'm not a big shotgun user Mm -hmm. i tend to uh hang back a little bit and usually use a sniper rifle um a shotgun is is Pretty much when I I guess depending on the on the map or where I'm at because um, I tend to just keep a distance from the enemy. Um, I, I let Jarrett go ahead, so I stay behind Jarrett.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Operation uh, Human Shield. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and yeah, you know, that's how I keep my uh, uh, my kill death ratio um, up. On the upper end, uh, Operation Shield. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs>
1: <and> so, <laughs> so the weapon balancing really didn't affect you your play style too much in
3: PVE. Not really, not especially, particularly not in PVE. Uh, I didn't really see much of a difference in sh- uh, with shotguns in PVE, um, and I don't use handguns in PVE uh, for the most part. It's all pulse rifle, or you know, I found myself using scout rifles more now. And I think that was what we pretty much expected. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, I I was rocking Scott rifles for the long time. You know, my baby was the Fangabir Ute. I kept singing that that gun's praises. I'm still kind of missing it, but now that I have the hung jury from Dead Orbit, I'm just, I'm so happy with it. Uh, I have that sucker at 310, and I'm just blowing people's heads away.
3: Yeah, I'm happy with that gun, too. That's actually one of my favorite guns right now.
1: In terms of PvP, pulse rifles are king. Um, they they dominate that mid range game, and uh I mean scout rifles aren't aren't too far away. It's just that because of the way a lot of the maps are, there's almost no point in using a scout rifle unless you're doing one of the larger maps.
0: See, I disagree with that. I I, I disagree with that because maybe it's because I the my in the Iron Banner, it's not going to work for me because I use my Mida, which is not a year two exotic. But with the Mida, like I. I'll switch out I can I can use that
1: mid range pretty effectively. hmm No, Mida is is definitely a, 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 a in a different category all its own just because of its fire rate. Right. Um I mean it, it used to be the the fastest scout rifle in the game until Touch of Malice came around and was like, Nope, here you go, max damage, bop, 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 bop. Um, but Mida was definitely the, the one gun that I saw a lot that one week before taken king. It was all over the place. Mada was just wrecking face. Oh, he want to turn the corner. One, two, three, four. you're dead. One, two, three, four. you're dead. It was nope. hilarious. The they can still see me using it. Mm-hmm. They can uh they can inspect
0: me as they're respawning. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> but yeah, I mean I, I used... cuz I, mean, I I usually like for for uh at this point of PVP, I rotate between Red Death uh you well, know year two red death year two soros and then mita multi-tool so if i'm having trouble with one i'll try to s- switch to the other you know okay. like some some days like just the red death isn't working for me mm-hmm. you know it's just like i'm not getting like that third shot that i need you mm-hmm. know and i just find the handling on the on the Mita maybe be a bit easier or, or work out better for the map that i'm on so i'll switch over to that Plus, that you know. agility
1: perk is is amazing on it.
0: Exactly. Like it. It really. It really ultimately depends on the like you know on the maps uh, that we're playing on. Mm-hmm.
1: You know. Well, how about we jump into the actual TTK um, PVE uh, part? We'll we'll go ahead and talk about the PVP a little bit later, but let's just focus on the PVE right now. Quest lines, quest lines all over the place. There's so many quests um it can it can be a little daunting at first uh i don't know that when i first saw it i was like geez there's just so much to do um the very like you do the first mission then all of a sudden you go back to the tower and then 17 other missions show up and you're you're kind of like lost and i'm not sure if that was well done or if it kind of opened your eyes on it um How did you guys feel about, you know, when you first did that first mission and all of a sudden you see all these different, um, spots all over the map? Allow me to go first. Okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Dude, you said it was daunting when I saw that. I was like, finally, Mm -hmm. finally, we're going to get some, some fucking like content, something to do besides, you know, cause you know, even with, well, okay. I'm not going to talk about the dark below for this podcast, because no, go ahead. I, 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 I don't. I, I, no, I don't want to because I get upset. <laughs> I get upset when I talk about the dark below. Uh huh. Um, I'm sure it's going to come up anyway. Right. Uh. But you know, the dark below. We all know what happened there. Uh huh. Then you know, for the House of Wolves, we still like we still finished the PVE content in The House of Wolves within the first week. I mean, instead of taking two days to finish it. It took like, oh no, it took, instead of taking like, you know, 90 minutes to finish it, I think it took like me and, I think it actually took me two days to finish House of Wolves only because I, you know, it took longer than 90 minutes. I was only expecting to spend about two hours on the game that night, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but, you know, when The Taken King came out and then you do finish the the story pretty quickly. It's only like six or seven missions, but then you have the all the. Yeah, the first part. Then you have all the side missions to do, and then you have actual missions, not just go to patrol and do this, or go into this specific mission and do that. You have new missions with new objectives, sometimes taking you to new places and new dialogue. Like that's what I'm talking about. That's what they should have given us. that's what they should have given us in the first place. That's that was it. That's what they should have given us in the first place. And the the fact that they that it took them a whole year to be able to figure out, you mean the game had, needs to have substance? Like that's, It's a little baffling, but I was very
3: happy when I saw that. Mm-hmm. Waldy, well, what did you think of the content? Oh, I definitely think there's, there's a lot more there, and for those that uh, had issues with the lack of content in previous um, versions of the game, it, it's, it's certainly there now. It's just whether or not you want to do it. Um right. I mean I my quest uh uh screen is filled with stuff it doesn't mean I'm going to do it uh, I mean more than anything I had to know that the time uh, and energy that I put into completing them is worth it at the very end and I feel like I've gotten to a point of complacency where I'm kind of happy <laughs> where, where where my my uh characters are right now almost at least for most of them to where it's like, all right, I, I'm not sure whether or not I really need to complete this quest anymore because I've either completed the raid with that without whatever this quest offers at the very end, um, or if I just want to continue with the raid instead. So, yeah, that's pretty much in the position that I've gotten so far. I, I know a lot of people really wanted to get what the like the exotic sword or um the sleeper stimulant, and and you know I, I was able to pick up the uh, touch of malice and but i i was perfectly fine with just getting malice I, I really didn't need the sword for anything i don't see myself using it very often um so i mean i i have that option which is nice if i really wanted to do more i could definitely dive into those quests but right now i'm, I'm more into just doing the raid What about you, Nick? I know you came in, I think, a week and a half late.
1: Like like the game came out and then like a week and a half is when you started or something like that.
2: Yeah, yeah. I played uh I played the first, I played Vanilla, and I played uh Dark Below all the way through. Um and then Mm -hmm. House of Wolves, you know. The uh the thing that killed me with House of Wolves is I felt that we were doing the same thing, but it was there was just four different difficulties, you know, for the PvE endgame. Which is fine as long as you have a goal to achieve. And I feel with with the taken king, there's so many goals to achieve, and that's what keeps the pl- the player that's what keeps your drive. you know if if you're doing the same thing over and over again and you're just trying to collect you know one set of armor, then once you once you achieve that set and you're maxed out, I mean you're as far as Pve goes, the only thing you have left to do is master the events. And I feel with the taken king they've they've provided so many different avenues to it to you know like uh, like Waldie was saying to achieve the sleeper stimulant and the exotic sword. And there's three different kinds of exotic swords, you can only get one, which I feel that limiting items to where you can only have one per character, you have to make that choice. And like we were talking, you know, um, the game, you were talking about Infamous, right, Uh, Ja? Uh How you make all these decisions. And I feel like that that really creates the game. And I feel with the Taken King, the content so far, they've unlocked so much of the story that was just so confusing. You know, the lore just had bits and pieces missing, and now it's finally all coming together. There's so much to do, so many goals to achieve. Uh, the raid is not easy, and I feel like the the more, not so much difficulties they put in the raid, but just, you know, like having Golgoroth being 20 million HP. I mean, you gotta be able to do some damage. You're not just gonna be able to get in there and cheese it, and it's all timed, which I feel like that's what's gonna make it challenging. That's what's gonna keep, make people keep playing. So I feel with the Taken King, they did a really good job Is you know, kind of straying away from that destiny way where you only had four planets to, to roam on and you only had so much that you could do. Now the events, you know, they're limited, but there's new goals. There's hidden hidden exotics within quests. You know, it just seems like they've come up with so many new avenues for the player to explore that the game, to me, after coming back from, you know, a four-month break, I, it was totally new. You know, like like you said at the beginning of us talking about this topic, it was just... It was just overwhelming how much there was to do. I It was like a brand new game. And as of yet, I have only leveled one character I, I to level 40. I haven't touched the Warlock or the Titan class just because there's so much to do. I feel like I don't need to right now. I don't need to grind the raid 50 times to get enjoyment out of the game. I feel like the, the content that's unlocked for me is, is plenty right now.
1: Right. I mean, for that first week and a half, I didn't, I didn't even touch my Titan or my Warlock. Uh, just recently, I got my Warlock to raid um, level, which for me is 295, just because of everything else that happens in the raid. Um, and I just was able to do all three characters this week um, for the first time since Taken King came out. Um, yeah, there's just so much to do. Uh, I I know for a fact that When I go back to do all the different quests on my other characters, it's going to be insane, especially, you know, the ones where you're doing uh, where you're hunting down three VIPs per planet or when you're doing the sleeper simulant and you have to get a specific public event to pop up, which we'll talk about later. Because, yeah, that anyway, um, I do like the fact that there's so much to do. And the fact is we haven't even touched all the story missions there's still it, it, it seems like every single week there's a new story mission or two that that pops up out of nowhere um because of the there's timed uh, events um this week was sleeper Simulant. uh i believe last last week or the week before was uh um what's it called the black spindle um when people first got that um there's a touch of malice there's the, the the new ghost mission that came out this past week uh, for the vault of glass mission paradox there's so many different things that are popping up um in missions or daily events which are which is amazing um and i hope that they continue doing that where daily things happen or there's oh guardian there's a radio call in uh a certain part of the of mars go and investigate that and all of a sudden you get an item that unlocks another story mission something like that i hope they keep going down that way and it seems from what they're going to be doing with with regards to emotes and we'll talk about that later on as well that's the direction that they're going to be going um so let's go ahead and also talk about the actual leveling up system cuz i know uh john waldy um he was very concerned about oh we're, i heard that I, this was this happened the first day he sent me a, a text or or a message on facebook where where he said Is it true that people are already level forty? And I had to—I sent a message saying, "Yeah, I'm I'm level forty right now, um, but it really doesn't matter." And and I can tell you right now, your light is the most important thing. Uh, Being uh, level forty and squat—you're
3: absolutely right. And I I remember that morning waking up and uh, turning the game on just just to to see like the intro and everything. Mm -hmm. And seeing that there were already people level 40 at the tower. And I thought, you know, this is exactly what I was hoping it wouldn't happen. But Mm -hmm. when I saw that, man, if you just had uh, like a handful of bounties that were already finished and ready to be handed in and then did like another five or six bounties uh, Mm -hmm. that day, you were done. You were at level forty. That's how easy it was able to get to level forty. Um, but you're right. Uh, light level meant everything. The, the, right. The, the, really, could have taken away level. Uh, that that really more than anything was like a placeholder for you to be able to start doing other things. It really was meaningless.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm not too sure why they kept the actual leveling system in there um as it seemed a little weird um since they always went by the armor i mean i can kind of understand uh from the original missions and i'll be interested to see where they go with regards to destiny 2 or whatever they're going to call it next year whether they're going to keep the exact leveling system um in a recent interview with uh i believe it was Kotaku was it uh Luke Smith no it wasn't it wasn't Kotaku it was uh planet destiny uh Where Luke Smith was talking about how the system for it introduced in House of Wolves with the etheric light was just to get everybody to a certain level so that they can start from that point on to just get everybody fresh to level forty and get you on your on your way to the to the light system that actually worked with regards to the original light system where um you were forever twenty-nine because you didn't have a helmet or the boots from the raid. Um I'm I'm still not sure that the light and infusion system is where it needs to be. Um I I I know that there were a lot of people that those first two weeks that they were confused because they were getting legendary items that were, for example, 220, but all of a sudden they get a blue that's 269 or 270, and they didn't realize that well, you should probably infuse that into your legendary so you can keep carrying those big perks over once you have a good piece of armor. Um, And I don't think that there was a... There should have been, I don't want to say a quest, but some sort of explanation in-game that kind of helped people out once they get to a specific level. It was like, hey, you might want to start doing this, and they give you a,
3: a piece of legendary gear so you can practice. I think there was a lot of people that had no idea what the infusion system was, or right. or really had to take advantage of it. Right, uh, they I mean, really had no idea.
1: The very first time I did the raid, I was rocking full on blues. Um, I think it was level two eighty five, two eighty six with all blues, um, and I was still getting a grasp on the uh, the legendary system. It, it, it's a little confusing. It's a little daunting. And I think that they missed the boat there in terms of, for example, having Zaval explain, hey, here's a piece of of, uh, legendary armor. Uh, I see that you have a blue. Why don't you go ahead and infuse it into this? And, uh, you know, go from there.
3: Yeah, to give people Um, a better basic understanding. But even outside of that, I I really do think, and this is one of my my issues overall with um, the Taken King so far, is everything that has to do with and surrounds exotics. I don't think uh, there's something missing. Something's not coming together right for me. I, I'm, I'm almost to the point where I'm avoiding exotics because I don't feel like I really need them. Uh, with so, regards to... Just whether it be even armor or even weapons, I, I, I almost feel like oh, I really don't need to use it. I don't need to use the exotics. I don't think they're that that special anymore. I don't, as I realize, some of them do have some better perks than others, but for mm-hmm. the most part, uh, I really don't find myself using them. And the other thing that hurts them more than anything is the infusing.
1: Right. I mean, uh, the infusion system de- definitely was not made with the uh, exotics in mind. At least, in my opinion, it wasn't really put together well for the exotics. Um, and it's also very confusing for a lot of people. For example, you get an exotic drop before your level, uh, 300, it comes in at 290, but you get that same exotic drop. I mean, it happened to me earlier when I was with Nick, uh, I'm over 300. I got a couple exotic drops and exotic engrams. They were decrypting at 310. Um, I, I still don't know how I feel about the exotics themselves because in terms of the new exotic armor they're a little lacking um, i know you had that one helmet the the one that makes the, the titan float in air but it also had that one perk where if you have your full super it would take orbs and give you
3: special ammo yeah that really bothers me in, in fact that makes me not no want to turn use it, off. The, uh, it makes me not want to use any of the uh, the exotics that will end up picking up spare orbs uh, off the ground right there and 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 it seemed to me quite a quite a few of them have that perk. Uh yeah, so I mean I, I once I started getting uh, raid armor, I started to go with that. Uh, it didn't really matter. I you know, even some of the exotics I do use, at least armor-wise, it's probably more likely just because of how they look, not that they actually bring anything to my game. Which I mean is uh, for me, sometimes I I think well, uh, it helps me learn to be a better player to not have to rely on perks on certain guns um mm-hmm. but at the same time like i i just at this point i i really don't see anything that makes me special and and the fact that uh, the amount of infusing uh and resources it takes in order to do it no nah, no nah, i'm not going to be trying to find uh a a ton of uh blues that are you know three anywhere from 290 to 300 and just he popped them in over and over and over again just cuz the exotic goes up by what is it 4 for each infusion
1: and it's even it's more expensive because you have to use an exotic shard every time you infuse.
3: Exactly. Exactly. Everything everything about the exotics right now it, it just seems off. Maybe if they had some slightly better perks uh, particularly with armor something like Maybe some, uh, some new weapons where I'm not seeing the, the, the same exact ones from year one. Um, and I, I at this moment, I think Zer, um, you know, I read an article today in which someone said that Zer was almost like Christmas every Friday. You looked forward to see what Zer was going to be offering, and I, I knew what that person was talking about. Even I would wake up on Friday mornings. Do a search on Google and bring up a video just to see what if there's anything interesting Zer was offering. And these last two weeks have been like uh, there's no reason to even check out Zer anymore except maybe to buy some of those. Uh, um, what is it? The um, yeah, the three coins. Outside of yeah. that, there really hasn't been a reason to even look at Zer.
1: Well, I, I don't look at his inventory per se. Um, for example, if he's selling armor or a weapon. I stay away from that just because I know, uh, unless it's something that I want just to have, um, uh, cause I have plenty of coins, you get coins all over the place in this game. Um, but I'll still delete it because I know for a fact that I can get it later on as a drop at, at 310. Um, what I do use from Zer, besides the three of coins, obviously is the engrams because once you're over 300, you have a chance of getting them at 310. And that's what I use. I use those exotic um, armor pieces to level up my legendary.
3: Um, right. And I've, I've noticed so far that he hasn't done any weapons yet.
1: He did. The Hawkmoon. Yeah, he, he did yeah, he the Hawkmoon.
3: Okay. Did you, you're right. I, yeah, and he, I ended up getting actually. Yeah, I think team. the N-Gram, Ngram wise, it's been nothing but armor. In fact, it's been helmet twice. And I think it's gauntlet today.
1: Right, it's got this, this week. Yeah, that's that's the you you either have a chance of an exotic engram or an exotic weapon, and the exotic weapons that he sells are two ninety, but if you buy them from the blueprints, they're two eighty. Which and, and there's a glitch right now, um, with the black spindle where it drops at three ten, um, but you have to buy it. Um, when you buy it from the 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 blueprints, it drops at three hundred. Which I'm not for them going back. At this point, it's already in the game. Leave it as it is. Um, the other exotics are dropping at 310. When you go back and change that, you're, you're changing things that people have already invested in. And it seems kind of unfair at this point.
3: That whole, um, that whole Black Spindle event was, was pretty amazing. Yeah. From someone that's been playing the game for over a year. That brought out an all out felt like panic that people mm-hmm. needed to get on immediately and do everything they could spend hours trying to complete that quest, which was one of the hardest quests that I've ever played on there. Uh, in fact, even after beating it, I, I haven't when it came back the, like a week or two later or whatever. I still wasn't able to beat it the first uh, couple times through. And we were 300. Um, And and we were 300. That's how hard it is. And I really do think that there was this sudden, like, letting air out of the balloon when Bungie came out later that day saying, there's a glitch, it's not supposed to be 310, it's supposed to be 290, Um, and we're going to bring it back down. And it was just... uh, To see... (laughs) I'm really surprised they wanted to do that as particularly there had to have been an increase in gameplay and the amount of interest that went into it. Um, and just doing basic searches online, the amount of articles that came out about it, everyone was in the destiny community was talking about it. And, uh, yeah. And then, then it became nothing more than a, well, I, I got to infuse into something. I could wake up the next morning and this is going to be 290. I have to infuse into something. I have to protect myself because Bungie made an extremely hard challenge. I completed it and now they want to take it away. Right.
1: Well, let's see. Let's hope that they kind of improve that exotic, uh, the exotic infusion system, the infusion system as a whole. Uh, I think it's somewhat where it needs to be, but... They need to improve the exotic portion. Um, the legendaries and the and the rares, for the most part, I'm okay with. It's the exotics that need help. And I think at a certain point, Bungie is going to have to just make things drop at 310 more frequently. Um, let's go ahead and move forward a little bit because we spent a little uh, a, a bit of time on that. Um, let's go ahead and talk about the, the subclasses. Um, we got the Warlock Stormcaller, the Arc electric, Electrical uh, subclass. We have the, the Void Night Stalker Hunter. And then we have everybody's favorite in PvP, the Titan Sunbreaker. Let me oh, tell fuck you. Fuck the Sunbreaker. <laughs> <laughs> well, let, let, let's just focus on PvE for right now. All right. Let, let's not go into Pv, PvP. Let's just focus on PvE. Um, I'm having a lot of fun with both the Night Stalker and the Sunbreaker. Um, and I can appreciate the Stormcaller. The one thing I will say, they definitely feed into one another. Um, for example, a Night Stalker go ha- goes ahead and throws his bow into the middle of a whole bunch of, of adds. Here comes the, the Stormcaller, just destroys all, all of them. He's generating orbs. The Hunter's generating orbs. The Sunbreaker Titan grabs those orbs, activates his super, starts throwing it at a boss. You know, You just see a whole bunch of chaos happening. And it's awesome. It almost makes me completely forget about Galhorn, just because you're seeing complete chaos and utter insanity. And supers are very, very satisfying to use. Um, what did you guys think about the uh, the storm Let's start off with uh, Nick over there. I haven't heard too much from you. Um, what what do I know that you were rocking the Night Stalker? What do you what do you think of him?
2: I like the Night Stalker. Um, I feel like. Uh the, the hunter was kind of made to be, you know, that sneaky class. Uh the blade dancers got had all those invisibility perks and then the gunslinger, you know, could just whip around a corner and PvP, uh, you know, so just solar blaze and ready to just start firing lines at you. Mm-hmm. Um, I like it a lot. And like you said, it, it mixes so well with either of the of the new subclasses. I mean, I remember me and you playing the raid and we were just being overwhelmed with ads and, and I threw down my tether and it just took one hammer and it was cleared. <laughs> and there's orbs just everywhere. The whole team's supers are charged. I mean, it, it generates a lot. And like you said, Gallahorn, I'm not missing it. And, and uh, you know, back to what we were saying about the exotics is, is that the Gallahorn. I feel like the exotics are situational, but the, the Gallahorn was just, you just blew through everything. And, and I feel like with these supers, you don't need that anymore. You know, when you were in trouble, you'd pull your galley out and, and throw one Gallahorn missile into a huge mob of enemies and pretty much take everything out. And now you try to, you know, run around and throw some melees to build your super and then jump off a building and throw your super down. I feel like they're, they're making you utilize the class more, and I like that a lot. And I got to say, the Night Stalker is fun. I'm definitely going to be, if, I, if and when I make a new character, it'll be the Sunbreaker next. I, I really want to play with that hammer time.
1: That, that's Jared's favorite thing to do is, you know, go full on hammer time. Or watching Waldy go full on Hammer Time, I I remember just like hearing hearing him say "Stop, Hammer Time."
4: <laughs>
1: what do you what do you how do you feel about the the Sunbreaker uh, Waldy? I know you're messing around with him a lot, and I I think you well, unlocked a couple of other characters, right?
3: Yeah, I have experience with all three now because I think after the first week and a half, to two weeks of using nothing but the Titan. I kind of got bored after a while and wanted to to see what the other players did. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I had to rank them, uh, I I definitely think they made the hunter a much more interesting character to use. Uh, I, with a lot of the perks they gave the hunter, including the um, the super, uh, I've I've actually had some fun. The hunter originally was the last character that I that I created. Mm-hmm. Um, so. This is actually kind of new. I, I didn't expect to enjoy a lot of the stuff that the Hunter does now. Um, I like his super the most. I, I think it's the most helpful. I think it's the, the most uh, team like super. It creates orbs like crazy. It weakens the enemy. Uh, you know, you. Tethering you, the boss. Tethering the boss. You crits on
2: every shot, no matter where you shoot, which is yeah, huge yeah. in a raid.
3: S- you could see like a 20,000 increase in your shots. Uh, once it's been tethered, you know, it's, it's with a, I think, and, and two, it ends up being to me like the most interesting one. Um, then second, I would have to say, uh, the, the Titan, um, it, it took a little getting used to, it. I guess in the beginning, it just felt like nothing more. Like someone said, Hey, the Avengers are really cool. Let's give him a hammer and just throw some <laughs> flames on it. <laughs> you know and and that's about it and and they they gave him some perks and stuff for for the life of me for some reason I'm still having issues, unless I'm really lucky uh I have the worst luck uh throwing these things I'll see an enemy um well not as much PvE, but p v p uh i'll see some some of the other guardians I'll start throwing and for some reason I don't get kills I, I don't know why but um, i I think like even the seek uh perk is on it and and still like I'll have to throw three of them in order to kill somebody but um in p PB, v uh p v e is of course is much easier because the uh the AI is dumb um right. and um the the one i <laughs> it's a shame because the warlock was my main character all through year one, and they came out with this very cheesy um <sighs> emperor like lightning glide uh, mm-hmm. it doesn't look right to me at all it, it i I don't know I can't even tell what kind of damage it's really doing to some of the enemies um how many orbs it's really creating it's just there and and it, it's nothing but just this lightning coming out and it it's for me who Really enjoyed the the Warlock first more than any other characters. I think uh, it was the most disappointing of the three uh, supers.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, mean it, I think it's safe to say that with the Stormcaller, it, it definitely, it, it's made for mobs and it's made to be used with, for example, a hunter. If you have those two combinations where you have lots of mobs and a hunter using his, his tethering, you're gonna have a great time with the storm especially for that. Um, uh, for example, the 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 black spindle mission where you have all these taken all over the place. You you throw that tether, and all of a sudden, here he, here goes Emperor Palpatine. He's just clearing all these ads out. It gives you some some breathing room so that you guys can start ta- tagging the uh, the the archon taken and just uh, wrecking face uh, in that mission. Without that, without that tether, it makes the the stormcaller. I I don't know. It, it I think they need to increase the damage in PVE for the super uh, for the mobs because I, I I and the the range too. It's it's weird to say that for for the for the warlock that it, that he doesn't have any range with his supers, considering he was the grenade machine. He would just throw nonstop solar grenades or. You know, here comes this cheesy void grenade, or or the uh, what's it called, uh, the super the void, I the void nova, bomb, nova bomb, nova bomb, nova bomb. bomb. There we go. Um, and now it almost seems like he's limited in range. Um, I I think they need to buff up the Stormcaller in PVE, PVP. We'll go ahead and talk about that later. I think he, I think he's in a good spot um especially for certain modes um but pve i think they need to improve that storm just a tad um
3: i wish they would get rid of the the floating thing though uh, i i don't know i'll see it, i'll yeah. see another guardian pass me using it in my it's just lame <laughs> lame and he's floating I, like I, at no point when i used to play infamous which is essentially the same power mm-hmm. uh at no point did i ever think uh of Of that, or I didn't have that kind of feeling when I saw situations like that, where the main character was had lightning and stuff coming from his hands, and for some reason, just seeing this uh, this powerful guardian just kind of float, just gliding over while these lightnings coming out of his hands, right off his feet, just a few inches off the ground. Uh, Like I don't know, do do something a little bit more, a little bit more powerful. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, I, I, don't yeah, yeah. It just, it, I don't know. just I don't know. And the way he just moves around sometimes, like, is this a glitch? Is he glitching right now? Is, is yeah, this... <laughs> he
1: moves a little slow. Um, the one thing I am upset um, with regards to the subclasses, the new ones are fantastic for the most part. Um, they didn't go back and balance out the old ones. Um, and I think that that, that was a, a missed opportunity. Um, or certain things uh the one thing i do like about the stormcaller um is that in order to do blink i know i'm jumping a little bit into pvp in order to do blink you actually have to have your super activated um and i thought that that brought balance to a very powerful jump um and i know there's people saying well if you just run forward and sit. blink gave you such an advantage that it it, it made it." T- the fact that you had to do one certain thing to avoid you know getting destroyed by it made it it it, it just gave you too much power um the grenades uh, for the most part they they did nerf the, the the arc bolt grenades a bit for both pvP and p v e but they it, it still feel they, they feel a little disjointed with all these new ones um there's very little reason if i'm a hunter in p v e to run. Uh, uh, nothing but avoid, um, avoid Walker, a night stalker I'm sorry, um, just because that extra damage makes it killer. Um, the Golden Gun in PvP, um, PVE. I could do more damage with the Tether overall. Um, the are the the Blade Dancer very very useless in PVE. Um, out and then for the Warlock, um. The warlock has different options because of how um neutral that, that Stormcaller is. It's not overpowered. Um and that's uh that Sunsinger it definitely makes it a, a very powerful class. But with Titans and Pv uh PvE, Sunbreaker is king. Uh I mean yes, you you definitely can use Defender. Um but there's almost no reason to go back and use Striker now. Um, in PVE, there's no reason at all, and PvP for the most part, you're either running a Sunbreaker or you're running a Defender. There's no need to use the uh, the, the 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 striker, and that's unfortunate that they they've nullified several different um, several different subclasses because of the new ones. I hope they do go back, and 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 I know it's going to take some work on Bungie's part. I hope they go back and they balance it out so that they make all of them viable. Um, not just uh one of them
0: i, I don't think it would require that they actually kind of change the way the classes work i mean with with striker and defender before you know one was uh was assault one was um support- support and the same thing with uh with some with the not the sunbreaker but the uh uh, Sun Singer and Void Walker. One was more assault, one was more support. Uh, you know, fuck the uh, the hunters because they were just both assault, right? Uh, but now it's like, uh, with the it feels like the hunters. Actually, no, it feels like each class has two assaults and one support. Mm-hmm. That's what it feels like because you got Sunbreaker and Striker, which assault you have gold uh you have uh gunslinger and blade and, um blade,
5: uh, blade dancer. dancer
0: yeah that's also assault and then the storm is an assault class along with void walker so they would have to they would need you know uh a di- like kind of like a different job like the, the the a different function for that third or for you know one of the three classes they need a different uh you know job mm-hmm. pretty much which, like, you know, maybe like a utility uh, class,
1: something like that. But I doubt they're going to do that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, for example, what I would start doing with the, the, the Titans um, with regards to Striker, make it so that the electricity paralyzes certain enemies. Um, j- j- just do different, add different effects to, this, to the grenades or whatnot. Paralysis, you know, start... Uh, 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 add uh, poison to void um void Walker. That's a dangerous thing just because of, we all had experience with regards to uh, the thorn, but you know, to add different effects that we see in the game, uh, poison yeah. or burning or whatnot. And I don't think that they really use those, um, for the old classes. I know for night soccer, you throw the grenade, you can poison somebody and get them out of their super or the bow and tether them. Um, or the burning for the, the Sunbreaker and, 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 the, and the the Sunsinger. But there's very little other, you know, effects that they could be using for the old ones.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, in terms of support, if they had one Assault class, one Support class that focused on buffing your teammates, mm-hmm. or maybe protecting your teammates, and then another Support class that focused on nerfing your enemies... Mm-hmm. That I think that would be uh, more balanced, but that requires a high level of balancing. And I, I sound like a broken record, but one of my favorite things to say is Bungie can't balance shit. <laughs> so that they have a hard enough time balancing what they have. Adding more to the plate, I don't think it w- would work out very well for them, and I don't don't think they're very interested in in doing that.
1: All right, let's go ahead and move on to the question about Legendary Marks. Are there too few sources, just enough to make it worth your while, or what? Um, For example, right now, Legendary Marks are earned by doing the three um, weekly Heroic. Well, it's not really a weekly, it's a uh, Heroic uh, Strike playlist. You can do the daily. You can do uh, the daily heroic PvE, the daily PvP, and now there's also a weekly PvP, um, plus whenever you dismantle a legendary item, uh, you go ahead and and, uh, you get legendary marks there. Um, But for the most part, I see people way under the 200 um, 200 legendary mark uh, wallet cap. What do you guys think about that? Those legendary marks. Uh, do you think that there's too few sources, or
3: they're almost they're almost meaningless to me? Because I really, uh, I mentioned earlier that I I really haven't gone out of my way to try and get exotics. So for mm-hmm. me, the, more than anything, they're there for infusing, mm-hmm. and and I'm being really conservative about what weapons I'm um infusing and by how much by how far do i want to collect a little bit more before i start doing more so yeah i'm stuck between like 80 50 to 80 and because there's there really hasn't been anything for me to to really say i really need that exotic weapon i really want that that will change my game if i get that exotic weapon it's just not Mm -hmm. there if one comes around then i'll start saving them up but in the meanwhile yeah they're i I don't even pay attention to them anymore i know i have a certain amount for infusing and that's all i need them for right now that's it
1: yeah i mean i i've only been using legendary marks to infuse um and it it feels i feel kind of bad like i'm passing by these uh these vendors that have all these weapons and i want to test them out but i can't because i don't have enough marks Now, I will say this, there are legendary weapons and armor all over the place. You get so many uh, loot drops of rares and legendaries, and a lot of rares end up becoming legendaries, and some legendaries end up becoming exotic, so you have them all over the place. But it does seem kind of weird where we used to have the option to go ahead and buy whatever we wanted once a week, and now we don't have that option anymore, just because we don't have enough marks. Um I thought they would have made it so that you know you complete every time you complete a uh, a strike you would get marks or every time that you would complete a crucible match you would get marks. And you can in certain instances but then it's capped at certain amount of, of times and then whoop that's it no more. Um and I think that's a missed opportunity um to go ahead and play around with all these different weapons that you're getting. Um it is nice that you're, like I mentioned, that you're getting all these legendaries all over the place from the Engrams and from Arm's Day and from just whenever you level up, bam, there's a legendary weapon there for you. Um, I just think that they should have removed that cap. I don't enjoy the cap the way it is right now. Um, just yeah. because it, I, I think it limits people and, and and their ability to do things.
2: Yeah, I I agree. But uh, I, think, I think the way they have it set up right now is it's almost the best that they can do because you don't want to get so many marks to where you can start exploiting the system, you know. If, mm-hmm. you're, able get, if you're able to get cap at 200 marks every week and you know, you're able to go buy a gun every week, I don't know, that's just going to become another way to farm legendaries. We're already getting legendary drops. So, I mean, the the active player that's out doing strikes like we all are, out doing the raid every week, out doing the nightfall, getting those legendary engrams, using their three coins, you know, you can either have the option, if that gun is not something that you feel that you're going to use, you can infuse it to your, your weapon that you feel like you want to use, or you can dismantle it for, for you know, three legendary marks, mm-hmm. which I feel like, you know, you, you dismantle five weapons easily today within the, you know, the few hours that I played before this podcast, I I've gotten probably two exotics and i don't know five or six legendaries because i did the raid i mean and then they're just dropping from just hanging out too but i mean i think it's the best that they can do if they if they make it to the point where you can just get legendary marks at a, at a super fast rate and i agree with Waldy too i'm not i'm not buying anything but at the same time i'm not buying anything because i don't want to to miss out i don't want to not have enough legendary marks to upgrade it a weapon to 310 if i get a nice weapon and have the have the items to infuse it i don't want to miss that opportunity simply because i wanted to, to tinker around with a scout rifle or something from dead orbit as much as i do it's just kind of it's your choice you can spin those and i feel like running three characters which i know you guys all are it's not enough but me running just one i mean i've got i've got a surplus but at the same token you may not be getting enough to do what you want to do but it's we're only three weeks into launch and and I don't know about you guys, but I've got more guns than I know what to do with right now.
1: Yeah, yeah, I've definitely been, uh, I've been infusing and 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 dismantling. Go ahead, John. I, I kind of interrupted you. I'm sorry.
0: Oh no, that's fine. I I've actually, um, I've been using my legendary marks to buy exotics weapons, uh, mainly because, and I think this is where uh, I differ from the group. In everything I do in Destiny, even though, um. <laughs> like me, I've been having a really tough time playing the Crucible. I mean, not having a tough time while I'm in the Crucible, but <laughs> the, the the just the just going into the Crucible itself is becoming harder and harder because of the way the game plays now. My mind is still set to uh, a competitive mode where everything I do in the game is geared toward me doing well in PVP, which means it's geared toward me getting ready for Iron Banner. Every month, every day. So, you know, while I I could wait for the weapons to drop, I could wait for Zera to come Friday, grab the ingrams and see if I can um give them the crypto to weapon I need. I can either do that, or I can grab the weapons now. I can upgrade them before Iron Banner rolls around, so I can be ready for Iron Banner. And that's why I bought. Uh, I think I bought I bought Shear Two, and I bought Red Death. Um, and I bought Red Death from uh from the from the exotic blueprints Mm -hmm. and uh my sorcerer too is definitely ready for iron banner my red death is almost ready for iron banner but so yeah i've been using the the legendary marks and uh you know before i use them i'll make sure i have at least 10 or 15 left over so i can still do infusions and i just make sure i go and you know do whatever i can daily to get legendary marks not to mention when with the other Two characters i have i'm still getting legendary marks from doing regular missions mm-hmm. so so far for me it hasn't been that big of a problem but i only need a few there's only a few weapons that i needed and a few pieces of armor that i wanted actually i don't need, I don't need any armor for like uh, you know in terms of pvp uh but i mean I think my need for legendary marks is actually coming to a close. Actually, I'm, I'm thinking right now, and I don't think there's another weapon that I really need to buy to be ready. I can actually just wait for those weapons to drop for me now. But I haven't used my legendary marks to buy anything else. Like, I haven't, you know, bought like a ghost from anybody or any other weapons from like Dead Orbit or anything like that. Um, so, so far, I mean, I've, I've had enough. It's just been a little harder. That I would like for it to, to be to get legendary marks, but I understand why. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I right now I don't have a problem with it, but I definitely do use them. What level is your character at? Uh, my Titan is at 295. My Hunter is at 285, and my Warlock is at like 260. I think. Yeah.
1: You're gonna have to give those characters up to three hundred for Iron Banderson. Yeah, so that, yeah. That, that's gonna be the the fun part right there. Um, so you 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 haven't messed around too much with Arms Day, have you? Um,
0: I have. I mean, I have. Let's see. I got. Hmm, I think I got two guns from Arms Day, and actually, no, I got multiple guns from Arms Day uh, that were nice. Like when I got them. And then, like a day later, I got drops that were better. So, yeah, um, yeah I only use one gun from Arms Day. There's a sni on uh, an, uh sniper rifle. I got that's mm-hmm. pretty. That's pretty good. But other than that, uh, I, I have actually I have Arms Day tickets or whatever or guns that I need to go get from the dude. Now that I think about it, but I have. Uh, I at this point, I think I can buy three weapons at a time, maybe four. I can't. I can't remember.
1: What about you guys? Have have you guys messed around with Arms Day so far?
3: Yeah, pretty much. I've uh at the very least, uh, like level one uh on my weakest character. But uh mm-hmm. everyone else is uh uh level three, level two, stuff like that. Probably about five of five guns so far from Arms Day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they all come out at, what, 280? 280, 290, something like that. Um, Right. Which helps, like, it allows me to get some, uh, uh, choose some diversity when it comes to having um, different sniper rifles or fusion fusion guns with uh, different elemental damage. That's about it. Nothing special.
1: So is it a yay or a nay for the system? What do you, what do you think of the uh, the arms day so far, Waldo?
3: Um, it's different. It's something new. I don't mind it. So I'll I'll say it 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 adds a little bit something uh more to the game. So I'll say yay. Mm. The the
1: reason I ask is I don't know if it's just me, but I'm kind of disappointed that they dropped so low, as in like two eighty. I kind of wish that they would go up at least to 290, just because at the at the level that I'm at, I'm already running around with 307 guns, three something guns, and I know that I that I'm not, if I ask for them to be 300, that's just out of line. That at that point, I should just be getting raid stuff. But I'm kind of upset that they're that they're dropping at 280. Just there's there's little incentive for me to when I get the guns. A lot of the time, they have some weird perks. Um, this gun gives you enhanced radar when you kill something for five seconds. Why would I use that? Like, like at, at a certain point, some of these, these perks are really... I don't know. The the,
5: the,
1: the, the radar is amazing. When when you actually get, you use the Hunter class and you're using that radar, or if you have the sniper rifle, the still piercer, and you have the radar in effect... It's an amazing perk. It, it it points out everything and it makes makes it so easy to pick out things. But then when you when you're running around with uh you know with the Titan or a warlock and you have that same weapon or or you know the the perk is like, oh, I can activate it if I kill something. Five, four, three, two, oh, I no longer have that. Why would I even use that gun? All
3: right. Well, and- I, I think a lot of the perks uh is part of the reason why I have an issue with uh, particularly the armor. some of the stuff that's been thrown on there is garbage absolutely meaningless. I do not need five seconds of i don't know extra what agility mm-hmm. after solar splash damage, yeah, it's just like seriously who who was the person who, when had the, the the job of trying to think of perks and was like, you know, what, what if what if we give them a little bit more agility for a few seconds after uh, a, a some kind of damage is, is done nearby, um, and oftentimes you don't even realize the, it. the, Yeah, it's like I don't go into a battle like automatically asking, what what kind of splash damage is going to be in here. <laughs> if if it's not void, I got to know. I have to switch <laughs> my chest armor if it's not void. Does anybody know? Does anybody right. know if it's void? I, yeah. I'm going to have to back out of this. I'm going to have to back out of this <laughs> until I know for sure what kind of splash damage is going to be in this mission. Yeah.
1: Uh, uh, a lot of the new perks, they really did not think them through. It, it's it's worse than... than, than um, what is it? The the uh, House of Wolves. Some of those perks. Where it does? Uh, and uh, and speaking of which, a lot of those perks are now back in the new weapons. Uh, the the what is it? The Mutineer does extra damage to captains. Oh, now you have extra damage to yeah. taken Minotaurs. Oh, right. now you have extra damage to Hive Wizards. <laughs> yeah. They're all cookie cutter.
2: And, they're all it, the it, same, it, but just with different weapons or different classes or different elemental damages. They're all the same.
3: Yeah,
1: I'm not a huge fan. And, and I don't know if
3: someone was worried, someone was scared, uh, particularly after uh, Vanilla Destiny, of, of someone saying, you know what, we don't want to take any chances of making something overpowered, so let's keep things at a minimum, let's try and make sure there's nothing here that could ever be deemed as overpowering, so let's make it as boring as possible. Right. And that's exactly oh. what they did. I'm not now, going to use a gun that specifically stuns, may, may stun a Taken Knight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 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 certain perks I can appreciate, like, for example, the, stir,
1: the Still Piercer, where, you, where if you have the weapon equipped, you have enhanced radar. And it's not you know, for five seconds. It's no, you have it until you, you, you switch to another weapon. I can appreciate that because that makes sense when you're farming or something um another perk i absolutely love cocoon amazing perk when you're using that for that machine gun from the raid it's like you use all the all the ammo you switch to another weapon you're firing with that that weapon that all of a sudden oh you know what five seconds pass my machine gun's automatically loaded i'm gonna go back to the machine gun and i'm firing that's an amazing perk not a game breaking perk it's an amazing perk
3: for certain weapons
1: particularly machine gets, guns
3: particularly right oh guns. yeah machine, throwing it on my on a primary though uh i have some issues with <laughs> well the cer- certain
1: uh, certain primaries were kind of weird um the the pulse rifle the um the scout rifle and the hand cannon from the raid benefit from cocoon um especially the hand cannon that that hand cannon takes 5 years to reload um Others were kind of the auto-rifle, you kind of can load that one pretty quickly. Um, The sniper rifle, you can load that pretty quickly. Um, I didn't get the rocket launcher, so I can't comment on how slow or or fast it reloads, but um, just certain weapons, it definitely fits, you know, especially the machine gun. That machine gun is a beast, and I highly recommend that everybody try to get that one um, from the raid and and like i mentioned th- those perks feel well thought out um older perks are starting uh, like from uh, from a House of wolves Icarus is an amazing perk um I have that on my uh my jury, the scout rifle, which I honestly believe is probably the best scout rifle in the game right now um without a doubt, it is a beast, and it does so much damage. it is so effective um, but then. Other perks are just very, very questionable, and I'm not sure why they put them in the game. And even worse, they didn't make it so that... You know, the way it used to be, in the one thing I did appreciate about House of Wolves, say what you will about the, the Reforged system. One of the things that it did was it limited certain perks to certain bubbles. So, for example, you couldn't have um, Range Finder and Shot Package because they would both be on the same bubble. You'd have one or the other. Now you're getting perks on both bubbles that completely nullify each other. Um, Nick was having this issue actually, where you were have was it a rocket launcher that had clown cartridge and tripod? Yeah,
2: it had uh, it had three different ammo perks. It had clown cartridge, tripod, and then a chance when reloading the weapon to grant a larger than normal magazine. That's clown cartridge.
3: It's a keeper. It's called a keeper.
2: I I think you had. uh, There was three different ammo perks on it. Yeah, I think you had
1: the extended mag or something like that.
2: Yeah, one of whatever. Yeah, another one of them. But anyways, I went to went on patrol and did everything I could to try to load more than three rockets in the chamber, and I messed with it for at least ten minutes, just Mm -hmm. using it, using heavy ammo sense over and over, and I couldn't get it to pop. So I mean. In theory, wow, that would be so cool to be able to pop four, maybe even five rockets into the tube. But nicks running around token. with
3: like unlimited heavy throughout an entire PVP match.
4: Yeah, yeah. this guy still has heavy. It's not fair, man.
3: <laughs> what perks yeah. did he
1: get? He got three ammo perks. Yeah, my, my my friend got double knee pads on his fusion rifle, and I was just like, "That's that sucks, dude." And that was from um from Arms Day actually. And I'm just like, you know what, see, if I'm getting perks like that, there's got to be something in the system that, 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 Bungie probably needs to go back to the, to the system that they had for House of Wolves, where, like I mentioned, certain perks are on certain bubbles. That way you control how effective certain perks can be. They can't be overused and you, you kind of control, you know, situations where you get perks that. Nullify each other or don't really add to each other, because I'm I, I'm getting lots of guns that it just does not make sense why those perks are on there at I've, all, and
3: then I, I end up sharding them, and, it, and it's kind of disappointing. I've almost given up on really paying a whole lot of attention to what some of the perks are because the majority of them suck. They they're, right. they they all just suck, and it just gets like, do I get something out of this? Do their head? Do they explode if I get like a headshot on them? Uh, is there My just pulse is pulse there pulse a lucky health? Yeah, <laughs> is there like a one lucky bullet or something in it? And it's like, oh wow, you know, there's something in here that's worth right. keeping, uh, because otherwise I'll have three other versions of the gun, and everything on it is just garbage. Yeah, the the, the,
1: the, the as I mentioned before, the the one thing that the game really needs to get away from. And I mentioned this several podcasts ago. They need to get away from the Mario party style perks where all of a sudden you're getting benefit just for doing something stupid or, or like you try your best and you're putting all your your work in and then you get absolute garbage. Like a, a lot of those, a lot of these perks seem to be roulette style where, Oh, you have a chance of getting health back. If you have, you know if you're critically wounded and you kill something, why would that be a viable perk when it when it only pops up ten percent of the time that's That's not a viable perk and and it makes certain guns like the one that Nick got the pulse rifle from the raid. I can understand you not wanting it to give you health back all the time, but if you're down you know low health and you're kind of trying to survive. If you're doing, for example, the the fallen saber strike at the beginning, and you're getting blasted from all sides, and you kill something when you're low on health, you should probably get your health back because that would help you there. That would be a very valuable perk if it if it worked 100 percent of the time. Yeah. Um, and I'm not talking about when you're when you have you know pretty much max health and you're getting your health back automatically. I'm talking about when you're very low on health, you get that kill, you get your health back. It it, it should work, and and it, and the fact that it's up to chance is kind of sad.
2: Yeah, the fact that it's off the chance it it almost eliminates the risk of peeking your head out and trying to get that kill. You know, it almost cancels the perk out. Because if I'm low on health and it's not for sure going to get me health back, it's almost not even worth dying. Especially in a situation, you know, where you're the last fire team member alive and you're you're to the point where just a few more shots and you could have the boss down. Mm-hmm. It's just not even worth risking it. You might as well just wait for your fire team members to to revive and let your health regenerate. So actually jumping on
1: that a little bit what do you guys think of the strikes so far the actual new strikes because i gotta say i'm having a lot of fun with a lot of the new strikes even though that they're repeating a lot unfortunately um in the strike playlist because they decided not to put the old strikes in there um the new ones the, the 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 sunless cell is a lot of fun the shield brothers is amazingly fun um The new one on PlayStation, where you go into, I forget what it's called now, Um, that one's amazingly fun, and and it's very raid-light, where you're taking the sparks from place to place. It's so fun to do that strike, and I really wish that I could do that as a nightfall, but I know that it's not going to happen until next year. Um, How how are you guys finding those those new strikes, Jarrett? Uh, We'll start off with you, Jarrett.
0: Um... The new strikes, I do like them a lot. I really haven't found one that I disliked. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one with the restorative mind that can be a, a little frustrating if you have a dumbass with you, mm-hmm. which I, me and um, me and diverse ran into that last weekend when we <laughs> we were playing and the, our the, our third guy just didn't he didn't know what the fuck was happening. Which I get that at first, maybe it was his first time. But it was—he refused to comprehend what was going on, mm-hmm. uh, and he just—he just turned it into a, a total shit show for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually beat it by stopping—we uh, stopped reviving him. <laughs> and that helped. <laughs> so, um, so probably yeah. I wonder mean, how I,
1: many times he reported you.
0: Oh, uh, probably a lot. Fuck him. <laughs> But um yeah, I'm having a lot of fun with it. I do like that because you you said that you, you're not seeing old strikes in the playlists. Um I I'm still getting old strikes even in the heroic playlist.
1: Well, for example, well there are certain ones that are remixed. Um I should I should clarify that. Um by by that I mean um the the Scion flare strike is remixed uh with Taken, the one in the Black Garden is remixed, uh the Ballast to Aric is remixed. Forget if there's. A th- I think those are the only three. There might be a fourth one. Well, Tanix forgetting. is also and that gets
0: thrown in there.
1: I haven't run into the Tanix at all. Yeah, uh, yeah.
0: I've ran into Tanix at least three times. Really? Um, and that sometimes also gets remixed. It, it's it changes. Like I know the one with the Black Garden is the worst in my opinion. Um, sometimes it's the standard one with the Vex. Uh, sometimes and it has Vex all the way through. Uh, sometimes. It has uh, Taken all the way through. Sometimes it starts Vex and then flips over to Taken. Sometimes it starts Taken and it flips over to Vex. And then that's when uh, they put up that wall that knocks you back in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's that one. Uh, so that one has a bunch of different variations. But it's just when you when you have to fight that last boss and it's Taken. Oh my god. It's all. It's horrible. It is horrible. But yeah, I I wish they would take that one out of the rotation because I I didn't like that strike to begin with. I thought that strike always sucked because of lack of forward momentum in that strike. Uh, it's you don't go that far in terms of distance in that strike. Like it, it just it just takes forever to get to that boss. So I really really wish they removed that one. But other than that. I like the remixing of the other strikes mm. and I like
1: the new strikes. Uh, see, I I, I'm, I know that we differed on, on that one where uh, you hated the actual strike, but you didn't mind the boss. I'm the opposite where I like the actual strike, but I hated the boss because I don't think that the actual boss was... Um, uh, the, the actual boss wasn't changed up enough. Um actually be- before we continue I-, I know that Nick has to head out uh soon. Um Nick, uh, w- where can people go ahead and-, and contact you or 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 or, or talk to you or- or-, or or get a glimpse of what you're like?
2: Uh tag the drone Facebook. Definitely got to uh pump the clan. Um mm-hmm. I'm online all the time. Uh gamer tag PSN stinkfist 22 Uh find me. I'm always on. I'm always playing with these guys. I'm always willing to help.
1: Cool. Thank you very much, Nick, and I and, uh, I hope everything's okay with your family.
2: Uh, yep, we'll be fine. Thank you. All right, take care, man. Yep. Later. See you, Nick.
1: All right, back to the, the actual strikes. Um, with regards to um, the boss, I, I don't think that they did enough with that boss um, in terms of changing it up or nerfing his, uh, the, the health of the boss that made it a viable... Uh, a viable change. Um whereas the Scion flares, they were never a a bullet sponge. Uh the um that 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 uh that mind boss at the end is is definitely, you know, a bullet sponge and they needed to nerf the health, which is sad because they actually nerfed that before when they did the whole thing with vows to Aric. And then they didn't um they didn't do enough. Um I and I I I would actually add a mechanic to that uh Take the shield mechanic from the Vault of Glass. That way, people who never done the Vault of Glass have a have a place to practice um, with regards to the the shield, because it's a cool concept, and it's a shame that's only in that raid. Um, whereas, for example, the sword from from Crota, it's all over the place. You can use it in in the the sword of Crota, um, the the. The first mission from uh, your favorite expansion, Jarrett. Um, the Dark Below. Oh, yeah. Um, there's also other things that that use the sword when you're fighting fake Crota on, in the Court of Orcs, which was one of the funniest things that I've ever experienced just because of how loud you laughed that day. Um, <laughs> there, there's just so many places that you can use the sword, whereas the shield mechanic, it, it was such a fun mechanic and they didn't do enough. Um, to, uh, to actually, you know, allow you to use it outside of the raid. Um, and I think that they could have done it with that boss because he has the shield. He has the triple shield. I would have gone full-on shield and then make it so you're doing way more damage when his shield's down. Um, or added some sort of explosive, you know, not an exploder thrall, obviously, but, you know, some sort of exploder uh, goblin, uh, a fanatic that explodes and destroys the shield. Then you do damage to the boss that way. That that would have been cool if they did. They changed that that boss battle up because all it is right now is, is he goes up and down, up and down, and and yeah. you're dealing with mobs, a very high level mobs sometimes all yellow bar. And I had a feeling that that was going to be one of the the nightfalls I was not going to look forward to. And sure enough, when it was a nightfall, oh my god, oh my god. And I'm just waiting for the Scion players because that one's going to be fun. When that's a nightfall, that that one's going to be fun. Um, all the other ones are pretty much very well balanced. I think I think it's safe to say a lot of people's favorite is the sunless cell. Oh my gosh, is that one fun? And I love saying that 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 boss's name. A la like cool, a la like cool, a la like cool is ready for you. A like cool. Anyway, um, moving on. Let's go ahead and talk a little bit about Jarrett's favorite topic of all time. Even though he knows Bungie can't balance it? What, well, the fucking Crucible? Oh, would we be talking about anything else?
0: <laughs> sure, let's talk about the fucking Crucible.
1: I'll go ahead and let you uh, take over on this one, because uh, I think it's time for me to step back and uh, take a sip of my, my Pepsi.
0: Uh, <laughs> I mean, jeez, where should I start? So...
1: <sighs> you want to talk about Sunbreakers?
0: Yeah, that's where I was getting ready to start. I was like, uh, the Sunbreaker class in the Crucible is ridiculous. Uh, one, I mean, it's it's almost impossible to kill. Mm-hmm. It, when, you have to shoot it with two golden guns to kill it. That's, that's too much. When I heard that, and then I saw it, I was like, that's fucking ridiculous. You have to have, what was it, what's the uh, what's the helm? That gives you the six time damage.
1: Oh, you you talking about the? Uh, I know uh, the uh, the the. I almost said nightshade, the nighthawk. Yeah,
0: the, yeah, the, the celestial, celestial nighthawk. nighthawk. That's it. Yeah, you have to have the celestial nighthawk just to uh, just to kill them in one shot with the golden gun. And uh, it's you know you know I complained about blade dancers before, uh, you know, and having all that armor. And then when they did the shotgun nerf, it really did. Uh, make Blade Dancers more viable again, you saw him come back out but you learn how to deal with it you know, with a Blade Dancer I'll at least back up or, you know, try to run away uh, unless I think I can kill like if I have enough space mm-hmm. I may pop a grenade and then get some shots in it and then as they're coming closer hit it with a shotgun to kill a Blade Dancer, mm-hmm. you, know, some str- you know if I think I can get the kill off of the Blade Dancer, I'll go for it but when it comes to a Sunbreaker You just gotta run away. You have no options. You have no options. You just have to run away. Uh, Now, if you can hit him with two headshots with a sniper rifle back-to-back, you may be able to put him down. Maybe. Maybe.
1: Yeah, but the Sunbreaker has way too much armor. All I gotta say is, if, if you are able to successfully kill a Sunbreaker Titan in Crucible, and you've popped the three coins, you should get an exotic engram. That's definitely an ultra right there, dude. It's ridiculous.
0: Yeah, like, it's, (laughs) it's basically, it's like, it's like Golden Gun on steroids, because they don't even have to be accurate. That's the thing, like, they don't even have, and Golden Gun doesn't have any armor, first of all, but second of all, it's like, they have all this fucking armor, and they don't even have to be accurate, and those hammers, they, they can track, well, not, like, you know, they're not, like, 100% tracking, but, you know, they can, they can track people. That, that, that armor can, uh, those hammers can, like, you know move to the left and move to the right. And so, like, they got this, this splash damage weapon that can kill multiple people at a time. They have all this armor. It's just too much. Out of all the new specials, it
1: is too much. Right. I, I mean, the fact that you can throw so many hammers compared to a golden gun where you can throw three at max four if you have the correct helmet. Yeah. Um, I am definitely thinking that they need to nerf how much damage it does I don't. Th- I don't think it, a hammer should kill you, just because of how many that you can throw. At a certain point, you have to nerf the damage to um to compensate for the amount of of of, of hammers that you're throwing, because that it makes it th- so that a golden gun um is not as viable as having a, a sunbreaker titan. You want them. You want there to be parity. The fact that the that the hammer has splash damage means that it sh- that the initial impact should not be so strong. Uh I would I would be okay if it did for example 75% of your health bar so that I think it, uh, everybody has uh uh every everybody has uh 200 health. i mm-hmm. I'd be okay if it did like 175 uh damage per actual hammer hit and then the slash damage does like I don't know 50 60 damage to whoever's around. And then right. if you throw another hammer, yeah, you should be dead. Like, like, there's no question. Like, you got hit with two hammers, you're dead. Right. But the fact that the splash damage can kill you, in addition to the hammer, makes it absolutely ridiculous. They need to... They, and and, the, and the, the overshield, the fact that you're running around... Say what you will about Blade Dancers. Yes, they had that overshield that was ridiculous. But if somebody popped a Blade Dancer at a distance, you had all this space to kill them. You see a Sunbreaker Titan pop from a distance... You still have to run because that hammer has so much range, and if it hits you, it's a wrap. You're done. There's nothing you can do. At least with Golden Gun, they have no shield. Pop, they're dead. Oh yeah, Pop, they're dead. Sunbreaker is just like no, like they need to nerf. I, I they need to nerf the, the shield down quite a bit so that the max the, like the max health that uh, that a Sunbreaker Titan would be is like two fifty. That way they have that o- the slight overshield, but it's not overwhelming that you can't kill a sunbreaker um and at the same time um it brings it brings all it brings that class to level with the other ones to make all of them feel viable because right now if you're doing mayhem, all you're seeing is nonstop sun sunbreaker Titans you turn around the corner, wow, you got your head bashed in from a from a hammer that came around the corner yeah. It's ridiculous, All right? And it seems like they're actually going to be doing that soon. Um, again, from that podcast that um, uh, what's his name, Luke Smith, your favorite person, did mm-hmm. with Kotaku, or or I can't remember if it was Kotaku or if it was uh, Planet Destiny. He mentioned how they're going to they're definitely taking a look at that, and the fact that they're doing a weapon update this coming Tuesday, which we'll jump into later on with regards to shotguns um makes me believe that they'll be able to implement that balance sooner rather than later. Question is, what exactly are going are they going to be doing? And I really hope that they take the path that I'm talking about because it still makes the 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 Sunbreaker Titan very viable in crucible. It's ridiculous, you know, how much range and and the, and the splash damage it can do, but it doesn't make it so that it's overkill, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I know what you mean.
1: Um Yeah, the Sunbreaker Titans are definitely the number one um, uh, class in Crucible right now. It's not even close. Your Blade Dancer pops it, the the Sunbreaker will sit there, wait till you come by, and then pow, you're dead. It's a wrap. There's nothing you can do. Um, The only thing I think that can block it is a sword, which we were going to talk about that earlier. Um, I think swords add a lot of balance to the Crucible. you build, and a lot of people don't take advantage of them the way they they should. Um, you can block rockets with the sword. You can block uh, machine guns. They just emptying all their machine gun ammo. It's like you're just like ding ding, ding 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 ding. Okay, you're done. Swipe. You're dead.
0: Yeah, um, so I think it's a little retarded to be perfectly honest with you. I mean, maybe if you had maybe instead of just holding it down, you actually had to parry. On, like, time. you know, On a time, like, during the exact hit. That's one thing. Especially for rockets. Mm-hmm. But, like, just holding it down and it blocks it. Nah. I, I, I don't like that.
1: I'm actually okay with it because it's not the end-all be-all that you think it is. Um, if one person hits them from the front, the person has a clear shot to the back and they're dead. Um, and the fact that a lot of people are still very offensive... Minded in the crucible means that you're rarely gonna encounter a situation where you're gonna see somebody blocking just because their 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 first instinct is to swipe first um plus that distance that that most of the swords have they're the the arc exotic sword does have a projectile attack um, which is interesting, but anyway um it means that that. It's more of an up close weapon and a defensive weapon, um, which I can appreciate. And the fact that you're blocking rockets is absolutely hilarious. It removes that that it it helps alleviate the the tri- uh, not the tripod perk, uh, the grenades and horseshoes perk a little bit. Where you see a rocket, is like okay, fine, block, or or you know that you're going into a room where there's where there's they're going to be firing nonstop rockets. All right, fine, block. And then it allows your teammates to come in, maybe one with a tether. And then uh, another person comes in, fires their machine gun, and clears out stuff. Because you led the charge and are blocking things for your teammate, it makes it more of a team-oriented thing. And I can appreciate that. I understand what you mean. Uh, you, you want the, the sword to be more technical. I just don't think that the Crucible is a, a good spot for it to be um, as technical. It, it,
0: I mean I, I that's I don't think I mean I think the crucible's a perfect spot for it to be technical. That's the thing like it's player versus player like it's this is where you you want your game to get. I'm not going to say complicated but you know uh more complex. You know, this is where you this is how you, you use skill to separate good players from bad players. Right now and I mean like this is what Bungie wants. They want everybody to be on the same level. They want new players to feel like they are you know, either just as good as the other players, or they're not that far behind. That's what Bungie really wants, and that's why the Crucible is unbalanced, and it's going to remain unbalanced forever, because Bungie doesn't necessarily care about competition. You know, they, they, they just want players to feel good while they're playing, which, is, like I said, is going to lead to unbalanced Crucible,
1: period. See, I disagree with that, and the, my counter to that is Trials of Osiris. You try to put any random, uh, you try to put three people in there who have no idea of where, of how the crucible works, or or think that they're 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 tough stuff, and then watch them wither away like a dead oak in in trials of Osiris. The
0: trials of Osiris is a is a bit more challenging, but I still wouldn't say that it's truly competitive. Like the the the, the, the it's just the way that the crucible is put together. They took the same mindset. Uh, that they had with PVE, and they put it into PvP, like they 're not necessarily interested in balancing in, in balancing the game If that was the case they would be making changes to the supers you know the supers are just out of control they wouldn't have uh, you know with the with you know between the dark below and the house of wolves, I mean, they had just a slew of rockets with proximity. Mm-hmm. you know they would have that that wouldn't have been the case you know and then like the uh, you know these special weapons uh i was gonna say maybe you know maybe they could have made it a special weapon but you know they wouldn't have made it uh, a weapon where only certain people had it because i would just give those people just too much of an advantage Like that's the thing I guess what you kind of have to uh do when you balance the game like you have to look at what weapons people are getting how easy or how hard are they to get you know, and they they, they they don't do any of that. But, but, but their mindset when they do these weapons and they do the supers and these abilities and the grenades and things like that is all making the player feel powerful. Right. There's no, there's really no balance. The only time they probably balance something is if players were just beating a boss way too fast.
1: You know? <sighs> Yeah. I, I I do agree with you on the supers and um, most uh, uh, about halfway with regards to weapons. Um, I do think that Trials of Osiris is very competitive. It's very, very difficult. Um, and it definitely rewards higher skilled characters, uh, or higher skilled players um, with the rewards. My beef with Trials of Osiris is, that's where I would go back to uh, the thing I keep saying, where you have. I would definitely make it a mode where you have only a specific type, a pulse rifle, a specific type of hand cannon, a specific type of auto rifle, only one type of each type of weapon. It's made specifically for that that mode, that Trials of Osiris mode, because when you enter it and you don't have, say, for example. Um, and I know that there's a new version of Messenger that's coming out in, in the new Trials of Osiris. Um, The original Messenger from um, from Trials was a beast um, that was only outclassed by the perfect role on a hopscotch pilgrim. Um, that gun is absolutely ridiculous. And the second you get that gun, it pretty much makes having any other weapon in the well at, at the time it made pretty much having any other weapon that wasn't thorn silly like why would you do that to yourself just use the messenger cuz it's a 2 hit burst you from any distance they're dead like why would you do anything else um i for for a competitive for a competitive style mode like that i would make it so that um supers are definitely only they're only charged by time and by your your by the stats that you choose at the beginning, um, for example, the armor, the 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 what was it, the armor, the the recovery, the 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 agility, plus whatever perks you have on your own personal selves, that's what determines how fast you supercharge. supercharged. because um, the way it is now with orbs or or getting kills, like certain kills give you a certain chunk of 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 of, uh, of super energy. But if you have a certain armor because it was a grenade kill, you get three times as much super energy that just it shouldn't be like that for a competitive mode. And especially one such as Trials of Osiris. The one thing I will say, they are making Trials of Osiris way more difficult because you will be matched up by how many wins you have now. For example, do you have two wins. You'll be matched up against other people that have two wins, three wins. Same thing all the way up to you have eight wins. It's ridiculous to think that you're going to be going up with eight wins against another team that has eight wins and your victory will determine whether or not they go to the, to the lighthouse. That's absolutely crazy. And I can see a lot of people taking advantage of lag switching and whatnot just to get that, that final win, just to get to the, to, the, to the lighthouse. And I hope, I pray to God, that Bungie makes it so that you have to have the five wins and that if you lag somebody out, you don't get that win or it determines whether or not the game was too laggy um, to really be competitive and it will it will just end it right there, not give you a win, and it will boot you to orbit, boot everybody to orbit. I, I don't think they're going to do that. I, I, I don't think that they'll do that either, but you have to admit the way that some of these people have been earning their 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 nine win cards is, has been ridiculous. You've seen it.
0: Oh yeah, they, absolutely. But I don't know, you know, as, bu- as much as Bungie talks about Trials of Osiris being competitive, in my opinion, you can't have a competitive, like, you can't have a true competitive mode in a first-person shooter with radar on. Like, that, that, that really eliminates one of the things that makes first-person shooters competitive, which is you know, uh, Twitch reaction. And accuracy, you know, that's the thing. It's like you know, coming around the corner, there's somebody there, quickly being able to acquire the target and then hitting the target. Mm -hmm. With radar, like you know, something's coming. You you have a lot of time to prepare. They have a lot of time to prepare. I I just don't. I don't think you can have a true competitive mode with radar on. And I do know that Destiny does have radarless modes, but then the Inferno. He has the Inferno mode, but then that just turns into a camp fest. You know. Mm It would what, one thing would improve the Crucible so much, and that's footsteps, fucking footsteps would incru- improve the Crucible so much. You take radar away, you no, know, for like let's say you travel to Osiris and you have you put footsteps in and it forces players to listen into their environment and then pay attention to when somebody's coming up or or not coming up. You know, not to mention level design in the Crucible, which didn't really get addressed until. This uh expansion level design of the crucible has always been pretty bad, like they have like you know look at them, um, oh fuck what is I forget why am I drawing a, a blank on the name of this map right now? It's one of the earth maps where you can clear you can shoot straight across into the enemy spawn like straight across as people are spawning, you can pluck them down, you know that is bad map design that is terrible map design for multiplayer you know and and it's it's not like it's one map like a lot of the a lot of especially the older maps all from year one have these have these design flaws that keeps the game from being competitive fun for snipers in some places sure but like you know it'll keep it from being competitive and now especially with the improved sniper rifles because sniper rifles have been drastically improved this expansion, because um, you know I me, mean, I never used sniper rifles in the Crucible Year One, and now I finally Year Two, my I'm using sniper rifles and having a good time. The sniper rifles have been greatly improved. Now you're gonna find more people sniping than ever, uh, and it's gonna be easier to snipe. So like, yeah, they 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 would need to rework maps. They need to re you know rework the system in general, and I just don't see them doing that, and that's why I just don't think it's it's really all that competitive. It's it's great for a brawl, but not competitive.
1: I don't think that they'll. With regards to the sniper rifle, I, I, I think you you kind of missed the boat on um, House of Wolves with regards to sniper rifles because that's really when sniper rifles really took off. Uh, I, I know Wally. Um, he, I mean, that's not to say he wasn't using sniper rifles before, but I'm I'm pretty sure that once he he was able to to get those different sniper rifles like Car Benevolence. He was having a, a much better time with those sniper rifles than before. Um, that's not to say that they're not better; that they're not as good now. But I think House of Wolves was where they started really becoming more prevalent. Um, with regards to, to competitive mode, I don't think any of that stuff is going to be in the game until Destiny Two, um, and I think it it has to do with how difficult it is to balance Crucible. Um, not just on next gen systems, but dealing with previous gen, uh, the limits of, of previous gen. Once, that's not to say it's more balanced, or that it will be more balanced, but once you remove the limitations from previous gen, um, you, and you have full access to different physics or things that you want to be able to do using next gen technology, I think it'll be a, a more competitive experience. Than what is possible right now, um, and I know that's a, it, it sounds like a little bit of an excuse, but I I, I think that the direction that they're going is they're wait they they were waiting to see how the game progresses um, in the first year, advance it in year two, and then really go full on with year three um, in terms of um, the direction that they really want to go for Crucible. Because um, you know that they're already working on stuff for year three, um, they've been working on year two, uh, the Taken King since, jeez, uh, I think November of last year, um, and the fact that it, 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 we're just seeing it is amazing, uh, to me in terms of hey, you know, here's a raid, here's some story missions that they've been working on since we got the Dark Below. Um, so yeah, in terms of Crucible. Um, I see definite improvements. Uh, the fact that all weapons are viable now, um, hand cannons—you uh, can you can say yeah, hand cannons got nerfed, but there's a lot of good hand cannons still out there. Um, you get a good roll on on a hand cannon; it's still a beast. Um, pulse rifles are the king. Uh, there's no way. There's no way around it. Pulse rifles have a, an amazing range. You can do so much from a good distance. You can't do the the same amount of damage that a scout rifle can do um like we were talking about earlier um but i think pulse rifles are just by far really really good right now um and some of the perks that you can get on several of these pulse rifles where the stability is maxed out and it's basically firing three shots like a laser it it's re- it's really really awesome um sniper rifles I think they need to reduce the aim assist on those, because I'm seeing way too many headshots way too easily. Um, Shotguns, once they nerf and remove that shot package perk, I think it'll be in a good spot. Um, As it is right now, they're still just a tad overpowered because of that perk. And sidearms are really, really cool. Um, I know one of your favorite weapons uh the havoc pigeon um i think i think sidearms while not as viable in pve sidearms are very very good to use in pvp um they basically occupy the same range that a fusion rifle does which we're going to talk about in a moment fusion rifles um and sidearms pretty much occupy the same range but side uh sidearms you can do so many more shots really really quickly um and you can get a rangefinder perk on a sidearm that makes it even go even further, which makes it even more viable. Um fusion rifles, I think, got a noticeable upgrade because I'm starting to see them more frequently in Crucible and PvE. Uh they, they it used to be a joke to bring in a fusion rifle to PvP um in the dark below, um, and uh a house of wolves but now they're 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 definitely viable they, they they're occupying that mid a little bit in between mid and close range um uh, area right. and i think it's a very good weapon right now especially now that most of them or the big time ones are the high are high charge rate high impact ones that can do massive damage at a good distance um which makes it a a viable alternative to using an up close shotgun um so, for the most part, I think they, they went in a very good direction with weapons as a whole. Uh, I believe the abilities is what is holding back crucible from being the best that it could be. Um, the grenades might certain grenades are still a problem. Um, I'm looking at you uh Singer Warlocks, but most of them are, are are pretty are in a pretty good area right now. See, I actually, I don't think there's a problem with
0: shotguns that needs to be addressed at this point. I just well,
1: think not just not shotguns per se; it's the shot package perk. Well, it, you, that that perks, basically it removes the nerf that was supposed to happen to shotguns. It basically it, it, it was like, oh, you you did a nerf, that's fine. I'm still going to shoot you from 10, fifteen feet away.
0: Yeah, ever since the nerf, I mean, I haven't had. Like I haven't, like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I've still been killed with, like, i say, a felt or or matador. Mm-hmm. But the distance definitely has changed. I've even had to adjust how close or how far away I shoot somebody. Before, I shoot it was like a rifle; it was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Now, I have to be a pretty decent distance to them, you know, and even I would say a more realistic distance with a shotgun. Mm-hmm. You know, like it feels like the cone of fire is more wider. Uh, yeah, it's it's wider exactly. So I need to be a bit I need to be a bit closer. Mm-hmm. And you know, 12 winches is one thing, but I know with the Matador, the fact that the fire rate isn't that high with it, you know, either I'm getting the one shot or I'm not. You know, you're down in one shot, or you know, maybe if you're not that great of a player, I'll get a second shot in, which definitely does happen. Mm-hmm. But I think it's it's fair now, and I'm not just saying that just because I use it because. uh I, I was just I think I was talking about it with somebody last week when the iron banner rolls around. I can't use the matador, Like I have to actually use a different weapon right uh as my secondary, probably the invective to be honest with you and um back to yeah, your old stuff back to my old stuff, my casket closer the invective <laughs> you know and uh that that's i i i I'll just adjust I'll do what I need to do to win. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's not a big deal for me. I, I do like the Matador. I always thought the Matador was ridiculous. I always talked about the same thing with Felwinters. Um But yeah, I think this is just it's it's now it's overkill. Like they once they do this, I think there's gonna be no reason to use shotguns in the Crucible at all. To be perfectly honest with you.
1: Well, he- here's the thing a lot of the newer shotguns, um, as opposed to having shot package, they'll have rangefinder. And it, it it makes it so I mean, like the uh, conspiracy theory D. Um, that one occupies a very good spot where it's not a one hit kill up at a, at a ridiculous distance, but it's not a weak weak uh attack either. And you hit them once with the conspiracy theory, then you finish them off with a good melee, bam, they're dead and, and you do what is basically supposed to happen. Where you where you get them at a good distance and then finish them off with that melee and 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 I'm okay with that, but when you're what it feels like sniping with a shotgun and that that perk, I still think that shot package they needed to think about that you know twice before they even introduced that. Like how how do you introduce a perk that narrows the, the, the the cone? when you just introduced a stat on all shotguns to widen the cone. Why would you do that? Th- that made absolutely no sense when they added that, sh- that, that, shot pa- uh, that shot package perk. Like, Why would you do that? Why would you just completely nullify what you did before? Right.
0: Well, I mean, like, weapons like the shotgun, I don't mind them being like a one-hit kill if you're at close enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: At, at, at a good distance. At, at, at an up-close distance, I'm fine with that. I, like, look... I ran up on you. I'm I'm putting my life in your hands. Right. Like what that I, like like but if 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 you're at a mid-range distance. I'm talking about the distance that you should be at for for most uh sidearms. And you're you're just like, "Okay, I'm going to step out a little bit and then pow, oh, you're dead." Well, yeah, that's a problem.
0: That what that's I,
1: that, that's the problem that shot package brings unfortunately.
0: Well, right. Well, well what I see them doing now is like, you know, even with, with the newest shotguns, you run up on somebody and you shoot them and it's not a one-hit kill. And those shotguns take so long to get that second shot in. You know, if they're not already hurt, you're, 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 you're pretty much at their mercy at that point. You know, most of these exchanges don't last that long. Right. Which is fine. I'm even fine with a one-hit kill uh, fusion rifle as long as the charge rate is high enough. Mm-hmm. And the distance isn't ridiculous. That's another thing, because we had that that uh, that, that those few months where the distance on the fusion rifles was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. We're talking about people shooting at like Soros ranges with the fusion rifle and getting a one hit kill. That's Dang. a different story. It's all how it's balanced. That's the thing. Like, it's it's all how it, it comes out. Shotguns at close range, you run up on somebody, one hit kill, fine. Uh, at Soros range, maybe not so much, mm-hmm. <laughs> or you know, even at sidearms range, not so much. And same thing with with fusion rifles. But it feels like it's they see a trend, they're like, okay, we got to break the trend. So then they kind of overcompensate. And
1: that, well, that's fusion what rifles that are at are good are at a good good range right now. Um, there's definitely you can't do the same thing you did before.
0: Yeah, I think fusion can... rifles are, are are good for now. I just think they're going to underpower. Uh, they're going to be underpowering.
1: Um, shotguns. Well, The the only thing that they're removing is shot package. And that's not even a a perk on new shotguns. So I don't think it's going to be that much of a problem. Well, I
0: mean, they've already nerfed shotguns, and now they're taking away the thing that was a saving grace. Well, for the
1: old shotgun. Yeah. So I I honestly believe that it's going to make shotguns just right where they need to be. If you're up close and you get up close to somebody, kiss your ass goodbye.
0: I've yet to use a shot a new shotgun that I thought was worth using. That's the thing I I, I have yet to use a shotgun I thought was I, I mean I've used them because they might be the best weapon I had at that point. But once I start getting better weapons, it's like just toss it to the side. It's not like because I, I said in the beginning of the podcast, I brought Secret Handshake along with me like for every character because it was a it was almost like an essential piece of what I what I was using. Whereas with the with the new shotguns. Dude, it's like they're so slow for the second shot. Like their fire rate is so slow that doesn't that
1: they're not really all that helpful. You, you know, another thing I didn't notice on the on the shotguns, and then we'll go ahead and move on because I think we've been yeah. jumping on yeah. this topic uh, a lot. Um, a lot of the newer shotguns, with the exception of Conspiracy Theory D, they don't have the impact that a lot of the old ones had, and I'm okay with that. It means that you have to be up close to actually, you know, do that damage Um, for, for the most part. Right. Um, And I'm okay with the perk uh, up close and or personal, which is one of the three that are going to replace shot Package. The three are up close and or personal. You do damage with this weapon. You get a 25% boost to your melee. Uh, knee pads where you get to slide further. And the third one, I um, actually have it right here on the list. The third one is uh, crowd control where you get extra damage after a kill with that weapon. I'm okay with uh, up close and or personal just cause I can finish them off definitely with that melee attack. Right. Um, so I I think it's a good trade off and it, and it ba- helps balance somewhat crucible. Anyway, let, let's go ahead and, and move on to the, uh, the three new modes. Um, we got mayhem, uh, which can be mayhem. Um, anything. It could be mayhem um, rumble, um, control, it, it can be, um, uh, clash, it can be anything, um, mayhem, even though it's absolutely ridiculous, which, let me go ahead and explain what mayhem is, if, in case you don't know, basically your super, uh, recharge rate is ridiculously high, your grenades, reach, all your abilities recharge rate is extremely high, on top of that, heavy ammo spawns way quicker than it did before. So, you're literally going into something knowing that in any moment you're going to be hit with a hammer. It's absolutely fun as long as you don't go in there expecting to have a high kill-death ratio. Even right. though I tend to do pretty good in those modes. I don't and know why.
0: Just to give you an idea of what the idea behind Mayhem is, Lord Shack says have fun at the beginning of some rounds. Right. So,
1: yeah, it's it really is just to go in there and fuck around. Right. Um I can definitely appreciate Maybe that. Maybe get note. some bounties done. <laughs> um the one uh, then there's a uh, rift which is it's not really capture the flag as everybody keeps saying more of a bomb a neutral bomb and you have zone control where you you get points based on how many zones you actually control. Um I did a little bit of zone control, let me tell you, not a fan. Um yeah, neither was John. Nope. Absolutely. <laughs> not. Yeah, and 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 what made it worse was it was the when zone control first came out it was the weekly PvP uh so you could get uh you could do that mode three times you get a win you get 15 uh legendary marks every single time yeah uh this week it is um mayhem rumble rumble which i actually did pretty well i i i got i keep getting wins the 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 only time i didn't win was when i came in second place so I, I I quickly got that out of the way, and I was like, I can live with that. All right. Um. Then uh, Rift, see Rift, Rift can either be very very fun, or it can be an absolute um slug where you're just grinding through for no good reason. Um. If you go in there with a with a pre-made team, Rift can be very very fun because you're just going to truck randos. You, you're, it's like you have no reason being in here. It's like, yo, John, go get him. I'm gonna go slam, slam, slam the ball in. Um, but if you go in there by yourself, kiss your ass goodbye because you're gonna get destroyed. Unless you, you get lucky and you get placed into a team where it's all randos, you, you, there's no 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 point in going into Rift. You're just gonna get destroyed. Um, I like the concept behind Rift, but the problem comes into play when they do. The older maps. Um, with the exception of certain ones from, for example, Dark Below and um, and the House of Wolves. Just because a lot of those are mostly, not 100%, but mostly symmetrical. Um, I, I, I just think that uh, there's certain maps that are definitely best suited for Rift. And they, I, I would, I would almost like Bungie to kind of do what they did with, uh, with, with uh, Elimination and Trials of Osiris, where only specific maps show up on Trials of Osiris. They kind of need to do the same thing for Rift, where only certain maps show up for Rift, because um, certain maps just it, it's really, really bad to do Rift on. Um, I, I think Waldy was talking about that. The first week where we did Rift, and he was just like, why are they doing it in this map? It doesn't make any sense.
0: Yeah, yeah, Rift. (sighs) You can't just drop it into any map. Uh, They think they should have been a bit more selective with the maps they chose. I know they wanted to have as many maps as possible, but you got to think about the user
1: experience. Yeah, especially the new one on Earth, in the European Dead Zone, Memento. Oh, God. That is not a good map to do rift on. No, oh no, my no. gosh, because you have three stories of, of of going up and over here, and 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 it's a snipe fest, or or it's a camp fest, and it's just I, I'm not a huge fan of that mode for or, or that map in general, let alone for for rift. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what do you think about rift, uh, Waldo? Over the,
3: uh, it, it's a hit or miss for me. Uh, mm-hmm. th- there are times, I guess it's how I'm playing it. If I'm playing with some friends and things are going in the right direction, uh, it, it can be a lot of fun. Uh, when you start racking up about two or three losses in a row, uh, you just want to get out. It's, it's not as enjoyable. Uh, I, I may be a minority here, but I've actually enjoyed Mayhem a lot more out of the uh the Well, Mayhem's hilarious, dude. I, I think it's a lot of fun. I don't take it seriously at all like and I think that was one of the things I was worried about was that uh everyone getting their super so quickly would be so frustrating and just oh I got just killed again by this it, it, there's none of that it, it's it's comic it's really comical it, it's like comic book like mm-hmm. um and I I it's just fun it's just enjoyable um I don't ever play mayhem uh with that feeling of frustration of of it's holding holding me back in any way or there's other issues going on that uh that can often happen in other modes of the crucible.
1: Dude do you you keep hearing me when when we were doing uh, mayhem that first week. How how loud was I laughing? Every single time. I was like, yo, yo, yo <laughs> It's 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 a blast. And and you and I were talking about it before we even got into mayhem where we were just like you know i'm not sure i'm going to like this mode cuz it like on on paper it looks like the most frustrating thing that you're adding to something that's already frustrating and yet it's a blast it it's so much fun and i kind of can't wait for them to do uh mayhem control cuz i can just see people dying so much trying to get b you know let alone let alone defend a trying to get b With all those supers going all over the place. All right, so I think we kind of beat um, PvP to death. How about we go ahead and go back to PvE? Let's talk about the raid. Um, I'll go ahead and let you start, Jared. Because were you able to beat the raid or no? Yeah, we beat the raid. Okay. Um, What are your thoughts on... Let's start off with the very first part uh, all the way from the beginning up to the first boss fight. Um, before, Not not including the first boss fight, but everything in between there.
0: Uh, you mean from the start we got to put the orbs in at the same time? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I do like this raid better than Crota for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I thought that, ha- you know, it did incorporate a bit more teamwork, I felt. A lot more teamwork. Yeah, like you know, a, a lot more teamwork. Where you know you got to have somebody with the orbs. You got to escort them up. You got to dunk the balls in, and you got to keep doing that until you know you do. You you get all the the little statues powered up there, and then you make your way uh, through the portal. And I mean, feels like every aspect of this game, um, except the jumping puzzles uh, between uh, the fighting portions, required teamwork required you to actually work together and i I did enjoy that Uh, Mm -hmm. i i I did enjoy that i still kind of feel not not vault of glass in general but like especially like the atheon fight required more not just teamwork but more team skill than the final fight of this one of uh, this one or actually any of the fights.
1: Well, l- let's not discuss the final boss just yet. L- just just that, l- let's go ahead and just focus on those first parts. You yeah. got the jumping puzzles, um l- l- the first the orb part, then the jumping puzzles, and then the the uh, the powering up the glyph to get to be worthy for the war priest.
0: Yeah, and I really like you know like that that, that the, the kind of relay race almost style uh there where it requires A lot of communication that's what i say that that the 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 the, uh the raid here requires a lot of communication and teamwork like a lot Mm -hmm. you know uh and and i do appreciate that but it's still in terms of uh the skill level of the player i don't think it requires that much it requires you can listen to fucking directions (laughs) you know what i'm saying um, because if you listen to directions, uh, then you will, you know, it's not that difficult to make sure that when somebody's coming off of the totem, that you're going to the totem, <laughs> you know, and that, you know, if you're paying attention, you'll notice when you have uh, the buff, I forget what it's actually called, you know, With
1: Death singer's gaze and the, the brands and, and the aura.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, so, I mean, I did like that. Uh, I did like that fight, um, like the actual the, the war priest fight where you 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 run out of places to hide. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty cool, and the fact that the fight changes mid fight with to different types of enemies, mm-hmm. I thought that was uh, pretty cool. Uh, and they had <laughs> it's almost certain that you need a hunter to. Well, I guess you don't have to, but it makes it so much easier when you have a hunter to tether mm-hmm. the the war priest. So that she can do the extra damage to him.
1: Yeah, I, I find the tetherings way more effective than the uh, the weapons of light uh, for this fight. For basically all the fights, um, with the exception of, of the last boss battle, since you can't really use the tether on him, it doesn't do anything. Um, yeah, I, I tether it by far is easier than the uh, the weapons. Of, that's not to poo poo the weapons of light because it definitely. Can definitely uh, stack up, and you got the tether, the weapons of Lyko, and you're doing an insane amount of damage. Um, but the tether is way easier to control and not um, block you know, shots um, just because of the, the way certain people have to be positioned in every single fight. Um, but let, let's, let's back up a little bit. Uh, Waldi, what did you think of the, the first few parts up to the War Priest?
3: I've enjoyed the raid, it's actually become one of my favorite parts of the Taken King. It's what I look forward to the most. Uh, unfortunately, there's a, a time zone difference from uh, when everybody that I usually do the raid with.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, but you know, I try and fit it in when I can, and um, now I enjoy, like all parts of it, um, even as frustrating as, as it can be, particularly with some of the jumping stuff, I'm, I'm, I must be one of the few people that is comfortable with the warlock jump. And I'm not comfortable with Titan and Hunter, so it causes some issues. And as frustrating as that, as that can be, I still like really enjoy it. Um, I think
1: I think they need to, to buff up the Hunter jump just a tad because they're the, the one when 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 we're at the Portico jumping puzzle, uh, the first the first three tomb ships that you jump on, not that bad to get to. Um, then you get to the platform where it spawns another one directly on the right side. And then you get to the area where you have two options. You can either crouch down underneath the first one and jump on the second one, or you can jump on on the first one and then jump up on the run jump to the second one. That's where I notice hunters having the biggest problem. And it's simply because they can't jump up that high enough. And it has nothing to do with the skill there's just certain times where the jump is effective as a as opposed to for example a Titan has no problem there because he's just like later guys <laughs> uh warlock can get over there pretty easily um, too because they have a high enough jump but the hunter cannot get up there um as easy it, it, it's very challenging and and sometimes it's almost too frustrating um and I think they need to buff up the hunter jump to be equivalent with at least a warlock, not go full on titan, but at least a warlock because it's just too low. Um, and 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 that part right there really nails it in right there. That maybe they need to buff up that hunter jump just a little bit more, um, and, and because even with full agility, I I still have problems sometimes with my hunter. Um, to the point there, I'm I'm like you know what. I'm just gonna get the bones of EO and 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 use it for that for that one tomb ship. That just one tomb ship. Every other parts, I'm good. It's just that one tomb ship right there. With the, the second one that you have to jump on, um, that I'm always having issues with um, with a hunter, and it, and it really diminishes the fun when you're just like it's the always that one, and there's nothing I can do because it, it's just not high enough. Um. The other parts are pretty fun. The secret chest uh, that's after that whole area is is pretty cool. Uh, The one thing I do appreciate is, unlike Vault of Glass, where you could do the jumping puzzle, where you just jump on the two and then jump, run, jump to the wall. No, you have to do the entire jumping puzzle, or you don't get any rewards. Um, Because if you leave and then you come back when they get to the second tomb ship area, where two people have to stay back and open the the portal up it'll send you all the way to the beginning part of the jumping puzzle for the portico so you can't just cheese it and move forward with everybody you have to do that jumping puzzle um which means that you can't do the same thing like in Vault of Glass where oh it's like I have the chest here if you guys want to switch and come back you know you can go ahead and do that like okay it's going to take a while cuz i have to do the whole jumping puzzle again um i like that uh Except for that, the hunter jump uh, right there. The. I'm still surprised how hard it is for certain people to get through the Basilica um, relay race part. Because, well, I mean, I do runs all the time with newbies um, there, and, and occasionally Waldy will. He's either in the party or. Um, or he's helping out actually, and we just run into groups where where they just they don't understand the concept no matter how many times you show them um and i'm I'm not trying to sound elitist or anything here, but there's certain times where i'm just like i don't I don't know if 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 they really underst- if they got the full experience of teamwork from the previous raids, that's diminishing the return for this raid. Because um, it's definitely one, as a whole, the raid is something, this new raid, the King's Fall raid, is something that every single person needs to be involved in in some way, shape, or form. You can't just be like, all right, you stay here and you just shoot things, I'll go do everything. Like, no, like, every single person has to be proficient, at least up to Oryx, um, where you can have one person do the jumping. Um, like, everybody has to know how to jump, everybody has to know where to go. Everybody has to know how to get to the certain location because we need everybody's help to get through this raid. I like that and it makes the raid, you know, definitely a, a a giant team, you know, puzzle to to solve. But I'm still surprised that there's so many players who are having issues um besides the second tomb ship that I mentioned um with with jumps and with teamwork. Have you guys encountered that uh, obviously Waldy, you've encountered that, but w- w- what do you think about that uh Jared?
0: Well, the, about
1: it like you it, requ- it
0: you're requiring everybody to do something
1: do you think <laughs> yeah. that it's 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 a product of where we just where we used to just basically carry people through the, the raids before and and now you can't really cheese it um I think it's it well that has
0: one that's that has something to do with it. Uh one thing I find about Destiny players Destiny has to have the laziest community I've ever seen. Like I've never seen a community and I've been involved in a lot of game communities. I've never seen a whole a community cut get into an uproar because you know something's just not easy enough. Oh, it's too hard so we're just not going to do it. You know, and I think um, you know, Bungie make it, you know, they, it's it's not uncommon for them to make things easier for players, you know? Mm-hmm. And that players kind of have this, you know, they, they kind of baby the players a bit, you know? Mm-hmm. And that it actually it kind of goes into what I was saying about the mentality of the game where they just want the players to feel strong and powerful uh, and they don't put that many challenges in front of them. Uh, and then the player, basically, it just doesn't rise up to the occasion. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it has something to do with the fact that a lot of players who did get through Crota uh, maybe got through Vault uh, and, and, and got through, uh, you know, even um, Skolas. You know, they got carried through and they were able to get these higher ranking items and things like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and now they really don't have that option. Mm-hmm. so they, they never made the, the the proper steps to get better before they don't know how to now and you know the, the game expects that you know well you've been through you know you've been through Atheon you've been through Skolosh, you've been through Crota you should be able to uh, you know get through this with some you know with some practice but they, they don't they can't you know they just oh I can't do it and then they
1: can't do it that's it what about you, Wally? What What are your thoughts on this?
3: I like to see participation from everyone. Uh, I I don't like seeing when um, everyone has to rely on one person to get them through it. Mm-hmm. A- and I, that's what I used to watch whenever we went through the uh, vault of glass. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, the vault,
1: vault of glass required very little teamwork,
3: right? And that made it very easy for people just to just skate along, you know? Yeah, sure, I'll go. I'm just going to hang back here. You guys just tell me when I'm supposed to jump down and when I'm supposed to jump in the cave and stuff like that. It's I like being an active participant. Even if I end up being the person that screws it up, I still like knowing that I was an active participant in it. So, and And I like you know I, I enjoy seeing people that get really nervous, particularly about the um some of the jumping um and that they're able to make their way through um, It really does surprise me how bad how really bad some of the the players that that I've encountered um when when we were taking some people through for the first time um Some of them, I mean, it's just that they mean well. It's just that they have a hard time. I don't blame them for that. But uh, some of the other people that we've come across just either being ungrateful or just being the major problem uh, in the entire group, it's a tough raid for them. I I get it, particularly the first time through. But uh, when you get a group of people that will listen, and try and understand that they're not just you know kind of uh, nodding off and looking out into space while you're trying oh. to explain to them what to do. You know, next thing you know, you you can beat Oryx in the first try.
1: Right, which is what we did right. that one time, and, and,
3: then and you were completely surprised. You're like, oh my god, yeah, yeah, I, I really was. I I was shocked. Is yeah. particularly with some of the other things that we've experienced while doing it. So,
1: yeah, this isn't a knock on on people. It's just what we're trying to say is, I think, as a whole, it's safe to say what we're trying to say is, um, I think people need to go back and experience those raids again and go through them without cheese to properly prepare themselves for this raid. Um. I know I went through Crota without cheese on the bridge part many times. Um, before it was just like, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and cheese it because it's, it's way faster to do it this way. Um, and I've, we've, we've done it many times, uh, Vault of Glass where everybody became proficient with the shield. And at a certain point when you've done the raids, Hundreds of times, you're just like, uh, you go ahead and just do it. I don't care. You, you take care of it. Or it's like, or I'll take care of it. It's like, oh, and that kind of complacency helps breed situations where people are just not ready. Um, and I kind of, as much as people don't want to hear this, there's a reason why I request, you know, when I put up those requests is like, I kind of want you to be at least 285 light or above before you do this raid. I kinda want you to have a sniper. I kinda want you to know uh how to do the uh, how to do jumps. It's like practice here before you do this. It's not that I wanna hold you back. It's just I'm going to need you to be proficient um It's like sending somebody who only speaks English over to Japan and expecting them to completely uh understand what's going on there. It's not an easy thing whereas you know before. You know, with Vault of Glass and Crota, it was like sending somebody from the USA over to, to Great Britain and expecting them to understand. For the most part, they can get through it without any problems. This is completely opposite. This is like sending from somebody from the U.S. to Japan without any Japanese uh, knowledge. And you have to have certain skills to be proficient at that raid um, in terms of damage, in terms of platforming. That is was kind of missing in the previous raids, and I, I do enjoy that. Um one thing I will say um we've already talked about the war priest. Um we didn't touch on Golgroth too much. Um I think war priest is at a good spot. Um he's the intro boss and he was a fun boss. Um right now he's kind of easy for us because we're just like okay, we do this this and then finally pow 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 snipers, he's dead. Um Golgaroth is a challenge At first, until you get higher light level, and then he becomes somewhat easy. Um, That being said, I still think he has way too much life. um, Because if if anybody just misses their shot or isn't in the puddle, they're just not going to be able to do enough damage. But I still think he's in a good spot. That being said, the one thing I do not like about the Daughters and, and Oryx, and I'm skipping the hive penis jumping puzzle area, um, in case you don't know what I'm talking about, there are giant pistons that shoot out of the wall that look like, uh, they look very phallic. Let's just put it like that. Um, I forgot about that for a second, actually. <laughs> uh, the, the Daughters and Oryx, the problem I have with them Both of them is if there's even one error in the person that is doing the jumps, it's a wipe. Um, say what you will about Atheon. Let's say the person uh, messed. um, If the person with the shield messed up, most likely it was a wipe. But if one person died, it wasn't a a total wipe. Um, Uh, for uh, A for A for Atheon. Let's say that one person who's who's opening up the the, the portals died. It wasn't a wipe because you still had two other people that could open the portals and and clear out the ads. If one person dies at Oryx or or the or the daughters and they're a platform person, it's a wipe because the person isn't going to have platforms to jump on. And because of the timer, it 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 makes it so that it almost has to be a perfect run. Basically, in in the Oryx fight in the daughter's fight, the only person that can die before you uh, start doing damage is the middle person. The person that isn't on the platform. Everybody else has to stay alive or it's a wipe. A complete wipe. Even for Crota, if, if one person died that wasn't the sword bearer, it pretty much was, wasn't a wipe because you could still do it with five people or, four, or even four people, though you're really hamstring yourself there. Um with orcs, pretty much everybody has to be alive up to the part or and, and the daughters, everybody has to be alive up to the part where you're doing where you're shooting at the boss. Otherwise it's a wipe. Mm. And I I don't like that I don't like that concept where one small error ends the run. I've never been a huge fan of it. I can appreciate that it makes the platformings hard, but one of the big Problems that people had with the Crotus raid was it put too much pressure on one one person. And yes, there is certain pressure on on everybody to stay alive to keep the platforms up. But let's say the person just isn't uh, skilled enough to do the jumping part and they fall. It's an immediate wipe because they can't get back up there in time to do the whole thing again without, um, without the Death Singers just killing everybody. I don't I don't I don't like that. Um I'm okay. and I I understand why they did it cuz they wanted to make it hard and they wanted to make it a you either do it right or you're not going to get any rewards. That being said, I still don't like the concept of one small mistake and it's an immediate wipe.
0: I think I mean, if it was a regular mission, no, but like it's a raid and the the, the rewards from the raid are supposed to be great. Like I think Ex- expecting a player where well, they're supposed to be, as I said, you were supposed uh-huh. to be. I think expecting a player to rise to the occasion is not a negative thing. I think a player, like you know, I think that's a good thing. Telling the player like you you weren't good enough, be better, uh-huh. and then you know actually watch them get better. It's not hard. It's not a difficult thing to adjust to those platforms. Oh, I mean, well, I did. Yeah,
1: like, dude, for us, it isn't, but. He, he... Waldy, I mean, definitely Waldy has, has seen it where they just can't get the concept.
0: Well, yeah, but then that's the thing—they need to adapt. That's what mm-hmm. playing games is. You know, but, you, like you, you adapt, you get better. If they can't get better, maybe they shouldn't be playing Destiny.
1: You know. Well, I, I don't know about shouldn't be playing Destiny. I—I I, I would say more they shouldn't be doing that rate right at this point in time. Yeah. Okay. We can say that too because I, mean, I i i know where you're going with that but the, the, <laughs> I, I feel you Doug. i feel you yeah <laughs> but <laughs> no, i'm just but... saying like
0: yeah be better like actually you, you heard me playing transformers the other day i was getting my ass kicked and i was like i just gotta be better because mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's the the game forced me the game was forcing me to be a better player and so i became a better player as optimus prime but right. but um uh, yeah it's the same thing like you know I was actually expecting because I, I mean I heard about these platforms you had to jump on, so I was expecting that you know if I had to jump on them I'd probably fuck up the first time, maybe the second time. Thing is, when I went to that room for the very first time, I was the very first person that got to jump on the platforms, mm-hmm. and I made it to the platforms. Like when I jumped to the first one, I was like okay this is slippery. Then I moved it to the second one, it's like okay they're all slippery, and I just adjusted for that. I had to jump through twice. I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah, the first time I made it successfully, then uh, the second time I also made it successfully, and that was that. You know that 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 was uh that was that, and I was just I, I actually as I did it, I just thought about all the times I was listening to you in a raid, getting and, and that part was the part that everybody was fucking up
1: on, mm-hmm. you know. And I do think that they need to fix that random number gen. Oh, oh God, here we go RNG. Yeah. Not in terms of rewards, but I'm talking about we'll we'll talk about rewards later. The ra- the randomness in that part doesn't seem to work right. Cause I've I've seen it where either two people never get the jump and, and we're we're talking about repetition, like like it just keeps going on and on and on where, where somebody's failing or whatnot. And and that's fine so that people can learn how to jump. But there's certain times where for example there there was one one week where I was doing the raid with a whole bunch of people I never got the jump once not once and we were doing the death singer's part 15 20 times just because people weren't getting the jump yeah um I never got it once and and I think they need to fix it so that okay he's already done the jump 3 times he is blocked from getting that jump for at least five turns, like so that other people can get um, a chance to do the jump. Right. Um, and I, I, I really hope that they would add, add that in because seeing the same person jump all the time can be a bummer because then you miss out on that experience. And just like Waldy was talking about, it's all about the experience, knowing that you're not on the sidelines and that you're only relegated to doing one role because it's the quote unquote easy thing to do. Um, for example for Crota I'm not going to lie I was almost always the sword bearer just because I was usually the one mo- most skilled with the sword and there's times that maybe I should have taught somebody it's just I got so comfortable with the sword Um, this raid you can't do that except for the oryx part you can determine who jumps on the oryx part right Um, and the oryx part the oryx battle is weird I have more issues with the Death Singer battle than I do with Oryx. Because with Oryx, it's pretty much the same exact thing every single time. There's so much chaos going on during that Oryx fight. There's so many adds and ogres and whatnot. And then you get to the actual you know, whole thing where, where you're not actually physically fighting Oryx. The whole, the whole battle comes down to whether or not you can control the four ogres. Um, if you can control the four ogres, the battle's easy.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: You can't, oh, 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 you're, you're always going to get messed up. Um, I was kind of disappointed. I, I love the scale of Oryx. Don't get me wrong. Cause for example, Atheon, say what you will about him. He was just a bigger version of the gate Lord. Crota, say what you will about him. He was just a bigger version of a, of a hive Knight skolas say what you will about him he was just a more elaborate version of an archon priest yep. the only thing that changed with those three bosses were were certain things Atheon could teleport people crota could shoot things from his hand or um skolas he could fire from a uh uh from a scorch cannon and head mines that's the only real big changes Oryx is a completely different thing. It's an actual boss made specifically for that ring. He has his own thing, and I can appreciate that. I love that about him. My beef is he physically doesn't do much to you. The only time he physically attacks you, well, one of the times it's not really an attack as much as him setting something up, but if you're d- dumb enough to be on the platform at that time and he slams his fist down, that, that's, you're dead. Right. Um, right. I've, I've seen that happen and it's hilarious um, the only time he physically attacks you is when you're jumping from platform to platform the person who's torn between dimensions he fires shots towards that person that really don't affect that person too much mm-hmm. um, because if you're jumping it at the right time they don't even do anything to you um, and when he starts firing the the bombs um, where you have to run around the platform. That's the only time he's doing something towards you, per se. All the other times, he's basically summoning minions, and I kind of. Well, and the, the, the clap attack that he does, where, you know, he's. When, when you're going to stun orcs. Right. Those are the only times that he actually tries to kill you. All the other times, he, it's, he's basically just standing there watching as his minions are doing things. And for somebody who is talking all that trash during the story, I will take them all light. Give your will to me and blah, blah, blah. And this and that he doesn't do too much when he's larger. And I'm, I'm, I'm kind of disappointed by that. Yeah.
3: Um, yeah, he really doesn't do much. He really doesn't.
1: And, 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 and the whole sequence is just a repeat. The only thing that changes is the stuff before you do, you go into the main sequence. Before, it's either Thrall and Knights, or it's the Bombs, or it's the Pocket Dimension. And other than that, the only thing that changes is where the Spark is, and who's going to be on on Ogre Patrol. That's the only thing that changes. And I'm kind of disappointed by that. I kind of expected him, because you always see Oryx with a sword. And I kind of expected him to just, you know, a big orcs. He just shoves a giant sword right down the middle. And if you're down the middle, stupid enough, you get wiped out. Or him doing, you know, some sort of, you know, attack towards the other players um, where they have to kind of sidestep to kind of get them off the platform.
0: Now, see, that hit like having a large orcs do stuff. That is a limitation
2: of of the the consoles,
0: of the older consoles. Having a huge sword come down and being able to actually do damage and stuff like that, that would put a huge, as big as Oryx is, that would put a huge strain on the console and that doesn't include the other enemies that are, are down there, you know? Right. So I think that, that, that that's a big thing. That Maybe that's why we're not seeing um, very engaging boss fights. Uh, you know, like you, like, like we would want, especially
1: from a huge oryx, <laughs> right? Um, that's not to say that the oryx battle is terrible. It's just I expected a little bit more, and what I got was just because he's supposed to be this big boss, a god among gods. He's one of three hive gods that came about the actual hive. Um, there's you learn in the story that there's actually quote unquote worms that are bigger than oryx that are the real you know things from the dark that actually came from darkness like you, you got darkness then you got the worms like the worms are right below the actual darkness and they haven't really explained what darkness is i'm not going to even get into that but that's beside the point like oryx is a mass massive boss and there's not much he does to you and then but but when you do kill him let me tell you the very first time it was so satisfying watch his chest explode and him just doing backflips towards
3: Saturn. It was hilarious to just watch him do like Well well, yeah and particularly after everything you went through Mm -hmm. the hours uh, spent going through each and every step Mm -hmm. um, and then finally you get to him and you're like oh my god this is absolute chaos Mm-hmm. There's so much going on and you, you finally get the routine down. You, you get, you, you figure out who needs to be where, what kind of weapons you're supposed to be using. You get uh, a, a strategy together mm-hmm. and you finally do it. And you're like, Oh, not only that. I mean, I mean, it feels great. You, you're like, oh, finally we did it. Hey, you know, this isn't that hard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You know, and, and yeah, and especially once you get a few pieces of armor, maybe maybe uh, you know sniper rifle and the machine gun, and you're like, oh, this this really isn't that bad. This really isn't bad right. at all. Then so you get the really touch insane. of mouse, and you're like, this this is this is laughable now. This is I'm laughing while I shoot this gun at him. <laughs> right. Whereas like, before it was like, don't make a mistake, don't make a mistake, don't make a mistake, don't make a mistake. Make a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> Right, I
1: mean, say what you will about Atheon and Crota and and, and Skolas. Um, After you beat Atheon the first time, even getting back to him outside of the glitches that were going on, that battle was still challenging to a certain extent. I will say that the diminishing amount of challenge for Oryx is far steeper uh, than it was for previous boss battles. Um at least for a team that goes for example, let's say the team is just for 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 example purposes, you, me, and Waldy. Even though let's say there's two of me, two of you, two of Waldy. And we go through the raid the first time and we had a challenge. But we, we finally get the pattern and we know what it is. I guarantee you the second time we do oryx. Especially if, if a couple of us have a touch of mouse, it becomes way easier. And then the third time, it, it's we're kind of just like shooting the shit as we're doing orcs. And that's not to say that it's a bad thing, but I don't remember having that amount of ease with Atheon or Crota or even Skolas. Skolas was still somewhat a challenge, um, with the wrong with with the correct modifiers on. Um but with with and, and and I I know I was able to get proficient enough in Skolas to take complete you know noobs in there and and be able to beat them but with Oryx it seems way way easier. I don't know why.
0: Mhm. I've only beaten them once
1: so. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so Overall opinion on the raid, what, what, uh, I think it's, it's, it's an unmitigated success. Um, my disappointment comes from the actual Oryx battle. But that being said, it is by far the best boss battle in the game. And it actually feels like a real boss. Um, I just have questions about his difficulty right now. Um, this is all going based on the normal mode. Remember, Heroic mode still hasn't been re- uh, released. And there is rumors of a third mode for the uh, for the raid that can include potential modifiers. Um, there are also secret rooms in the raid that people are theorizing. In fact, one such room, the basketball court of Oryx, has been found. Mm-hmm. Where there is no point to the room. It is strictly an Easter egg. And you literally go around slam dunking the the orb into the the, the um the statue. Huh. There's, no, there's no point to that room but to do that. <laughs> um I am interested in seeing where they go with the heroic mode and I hope that they that there's more to the raid and by more I mean like different areas um different bosses um just more than what's there because what's there became easier um each time you do it far steeper than the other spots uh, anyway let's go ahead and, and move forward because I, I, we, we, I think we discussed the king's fall raid pretty good <laughs> um let's go ahead and talk about one of the most controversial things that has happened to the game that is actually happening this tuesday and that is the eververse trading company um which is headed by Yes to Tess Everest. She's coming back. She's gonna be looking slightly different. And she's gonna be selling, I believe, was 12 emotes and several sparrow shaders. Um so basically by selling she's gonna be only accepting a specific type of currency called silver. Silver goes through the PlayStation store, so you actually have to buy using physical cash um that's silver. It is for a function that is completely, that does not affect the game at all. It is emotes and shaders. I personally don't have a problem with this. I know that the, uh, a good deal of the community is afraid that this is going to lead to the haves and have-nots later on with regards to, oh, well, maybe this is how you get only specific certain types of exotics. Or this is how you get um a specific type of i don't know um super let's I'm just throwing things out there um what are your thoughts on the everest eververse trading company uh Jared uh if it keeps things cosmetic,
0: I really don't care um but if they do start changing where you know. Let's say to get a certain weapon, you have to buy a certain pack. You know, mm-hmm. that's a problem. And it's totally doable. Um, I was talking to somebody about it, and they're like, oh, they'll never do that because it never works. Uh, no, Blacklight Retribution still exists. And Blacklight Retribution works exactly that way. You're paying, like, to get a decent weapon, you're paying, like, $7 for one gun. You know, mm-hmm. if you want to fully customize it, you might be put putting out like 20 bucks for one gun um, in that game I talked about it in the MASHcast a long time ago Mm -hmm. but um, that game itself still exists not everything is just cosmetic Uh, so it really depends how much money they make from I I guess from uh, from these emotes and shaders and things like that one thing I really don't want to deal with is if I want a good looking shader I have to buy it every time I already bought the fucking game You know? Not to mention, Bungie still owes me $15 worth of content. They owe me $15 worth of content because the Dark Below, I knew it was going to come back up. The Dark Below was only worth $5. They owe me $15 worth of content.
1: Well, I mean, speaking of that, on both of the stuff that you mentioned there, um, the last statement and the statement before, um, per Kotaku, um, and this is per their in-depth sources, which Kotaku usually is they don't put stuff out unless they have pretty good solid information the amount of emotes that have been sold through the uh the taken king that 20 dollar package have basically paid for the next year's worth of dlc updates um so we're going to be getting instead of a uh the dark below and the the house of wolves we'll be getting um monthly updates that will have story and it seems like weekly now because we're getting all this story every every single week um that will have exotics or will change certain stuff with the story or will add um new features um one of the things that they're talking about is there will be a new raid um at least one from here on to um the next uh big d l c which will be next year whatever it is or if whether it's a full game or whatnot um and i'm kind of glad that they're making it free and they they actually even mentioned it in the in the weekly update where they said that whether you pay for the emotes or not your game will be updated monthly with all these different things that that will be happening you do not have to pay to get this these updates um which i'm very happy about um as long as they stick to the guild wars model uh or I'm. I believe uh, Warcraft does the same thing too, right? Well, no, Warcraft is fifteen dollars a month. Still, it's still got no. No, I'm talking about the, the 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 stuff that you pay for in game, where it's strictly for looks and whatnot. Well,
0: yeah, bat and mounts, but like that's
1: still cosmetic because the mounts. I don't right. think they move faster or anything like that. But. R- right, but 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 it's it's cosmetic that you're paying. It's not yeah. going to change the game exactly. As long as they stick to that formula, I'm fine. The second they start going overboard and they start charging you for things to change the game and make it kind of like a pay to play, that's when I'm probably going to be like, you know what? I had my, you know what? I'm going to go full on Waldy here. I think, I think, I think, I think I I had my fill. I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's an inside joke, but it it was just funny when I heard Waldy say it. Um (laughs) was one day a, a while ago. Um. Yeah, the, I, the second they start doing that, I think they're going to lose me as a customer. But right now, if it's just strictly emotes, and I know that they can make a buttload of money using just emotes,
0: I'm okay with that. You know, I I got i think I got to call bullshit on them making so much money off of the extra twenty dollar pack uh, that they don't need that they paid for the next year worth of expansions. I think this was the plan anyway. I think they had planned to do constant updates anyway. Um, They had to change something because, I mean, the the player base isn't low per se, but they're definitely not pulling the money they want to. Yeah. Because, I mean, I don't even see, I mean, I do see people with the dances, but I don't see that many people with the dances. I don't see that many people with the marks either. I've just well, not seen that many people. You mean to tell me more people bought that than well,
1: well, here's here's the problem with with those two things. Number 1, the mark you can't upgrade. So, the fact that it stays at 170 whereas you get a blue that's like 280, it's like um well, what's right. the point? So like once you the only time you should even equip it is when you're turning in bounties or when you're using certain things to level up your um your, your subclass other than that you shouldn't you shouldn't be wearing that at all so I'm not surprised that you haven't seen the the uh, the marks on yeah um with regards to the emote unfortunately they made it so it doesn't replace the dance it replaces your point which is stupid the point yeah. is actually a useful emote and i've I've gone and, and removed and went back to the point just because i'm like here's here's the Calcified fragment. Here's where you need to go. here's where you like I actually do that in a raid just because it's you know sometimes people just need that visual cue,
0: but you're also and people. that's kind of what you do. That's like right. you know so for you, yeah, but I think right. most people won't have a problem with getting rid of the point and throwing a dance on that, and I'm just not seeing right. it that often like i i I find it hard to believe that more people bought this this pack or this, even the same amount of people bought this pack that bought both The Dark Below and House of Wolves last year.
1: I find that really, really difficult to believe.
3: I, I don't.
1: And the reason I say that is when you have those bundle deals, it makes it so easy. Um, the one nice thing that this game had that the two DLCs didn't have is that it's an, it was an actual retail sale. That you had, yes, you did have to download the Taken King, but it was presented in that package, so you had more incentive to get the full package that included said items than you would getting a DLC that you had to only download, and it's harder to sell that to a. Uh, s- say what you will about GameStop, they know how to promote things, and if you see all these parents going into the GameStop, hey. You know that uh Destiny's coming out uh with their second year. Here's a package right here. What about the pre-order? You know, if you if you present people with these things, they'll be like, "Oh yeah, you know, my son was playing that. I'll go get it for his birthday. I'll get it for Christmas here." You I'll, I'll put the money down right now. And that's where they get you. Um So, I can definitely see them incl- making the money through those those sales that they it's, it's harder to do a promotion for a DLC than it is for a hard copy sale. That's why I believe that they're going to the model that they're, that they're in right now where they try to make as much money as up front with that $20 package so that it funds the entire year. So that if you're playing in-game, you want to get additional stuff. It can add additional funds, but the main money's coming up front from that giant package with the emotes because of that retail sale.
0: Well, even if that's the case, Activision wouldn't just be like, "Oh, okay. Well, we made that money. Now we can kind of back it off a little bit." They'd still continue with whatever their plan was for the year and just just get that money on top of that. Mm -hmm. It'd still do that, and that that makes total
1: sense. I I think the plan could, but then they would lose. They wouldn't be having as many active players, and right now they want to have as many active players as possible. To get them to Destiny Two or whatever, or whatever it ends up being called, well, that's, that's that's the big thing because, by all accounts, and and please, I pray to God that they don't they don't go back and make a PS3 and Xbox 360. This is the final year for the for the previous gen. This is the final year, and they're going full on next gen. So they need to make it an appealing package because there's still a surprising amount of people that still have that previous gen, and they don't have next gen?
0: You know, active players, I mean, if WoW, if you want to take, you know, using uh, WoW as an example for anything, um, mm-hmm. you know, I would think World of Warcraft, would, would, um, I would think that active players are really important. But even World of Warcraft is not considering active players to be as important as they were before they're realizing that they can make more money by getting expansions out faster. And and wow. And basically for Destiny, what that means is, like, sure, your your active player count may drop, but it's not like that active player count was getting you money while they were active players. They got you money when they bought the game. They got you money when they bought the expansions. So even Mm -hmm. if players stop playing in between, if they're going to come back for the expansions because, you know... Let's say you have a group of five people that play, you know, a group of five friends, or let's just say, for the, for the for fuck's sake, a group of six people that play. And out of that group of six, you know, three remain active players, so you lose half of your active players. You know, when the expansions roll back around, they're still friends. They can, the other, their friends will probably, hey, you know, get the expansion, we'll play together. And they'll, okay, 20 bucks, fine, we'll get the expansion, you know. Mm-hmm and that that's the thing so having active players i don't think it's necessarily a huge priority for them i just think they they want their player count in general to go up
5: mm-hmm.
0: so that, you know that that that's and you know offering content on a regular basis and not having it behind a paywall is definitely a way to do that i think that's why you know since the expansion came out we've been seeing like just constant y you know a constant uh, new content you know there's always something new and that's because they they want it to seem active and they want to keep players playing cuz that's 6 million uh units that you know or 6 million uh users I'm going to say from at, at at this point um or it's probably closer to 7 million now I don't think they want to be there I think they definitely want way more players Fifteen million. Yeah, be- I think
1: uh, they they want to approach the twenty million number. I think their 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 first goal is definitely the double digit number, and then fifteen million would be, you know, the lower part of the high expectations. Um, but yeah. I, I, I they have the they have the potential to get there. They just need to keep the strong release that they had right now with King's Fall. I mean, not King's Fall, uh, the 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 Taken King, because. This is what Destiny should have been from the beginning. This style where there's just a lot of things to do and there's very little lull. Like you're always doing something every single day. Whether it's a raid, whether it's Court of Oryx, whether it's a side quest. Here's a daily mission that oh, all of a sudden it splits off in a different direction. People found something. Let's go this way. Or, you know, let's do some Crucible. Let's do like there's always something to do. And I never felt that way last year um even up to especially during the house of wolves house of wolves is when i started really questioning whether or not this was a game that i wanted to continue investing in because there was there just wasn't that much which is weird to say considering there were two raids three different arenas um a whole bunch of pvp that i could do and i i still felt like "Mm, you know what's the point like right now i'm only focusing on pve and I still sometimes feel overwhelmed where like, God, I didn't do this. I didn't do this quest line. And I want to do it before Tuesday so that I can get the reset. And I have to complete this stuff before Wednesday so that I, I can level up my gunsmith. Or I got to do this daily mission today before the end of the day so I can get this exotic, which is really, really powerful, even though they're going to debuff it later on because they're stupid. Um, like, there's, so, there's just a lot of things to do. And I'm glad that there's more stuff to do Sometimes there's too much stuff to do, then it would be like how it was last year, right. and that's where I'm at with the game. Um, I'm I'm gonna do the full on uh, review um, through uh, mash those buttons. Um, I will give you a synopsis right now. I am very very happy with the game. There are certain things that they didn't clean up from last year that still remain. As a whole, though, it feels like an actual game. There's just a lot to do. There's always something to do, and right now, I can't believe I'm saying this. You know, and I'm not trying to sound as a fanboy, but for me, it's the game of the year as of right now. I know you, you're you're in love with Metal Gear Solid Five, um, but for me, and I know a lot of people feel the same way. This for me right now, so far, is the contender for game of the year. Um, just because there's I'm always doing something, there's always something to do. I'm always having fun, um even in those frustrating moments where I'm taking uh, newbies through the raid and they can't get that jump sequence um I'm still having fun watching you know especially when somebody gets blown the f up and i'm i'm we're always laughing or when we're doing the jump puzzle in the hive penis part and somebody gets shot across. Um, or when we're doing, you know, side quests in Dreadnought, where we're all going to the the fonts and we're we're attacking a giant ogre. There's always something fun to do, even though at times there there is a little bit of a grind, and even though at times there's certain weapons that just they weren't worth the effort. Um, there's you you still feel like you're doing it for a reason, and and it rewards you almost every single time with the experience at least. Um, what do you guys think of, of the game as a whole so far? Um,
0: I, mean, I think it's good. It's definitely better than the previous two expansions. Mm-hmm. I still don't think it's worth 40 bucks, though. <laughs> to be honest with you, uh, I think a lot of the stuff that came with the expansion were fixes that they owed us anyway. Um, but yeah, and, and it really did feel, especially for Crucible, it felt to me like they held back because like Crucible is definitely less laggy now, for sure. Like the Crucible is definitely is there's less lag now in the Crucible, and that's something that they should have addressed in like February, and they held they. It's either they didn't work on it until now, or they held back, you know, providing a fix for it until now, which I don't appreciate. Um, not saying it should have been a twenty dollars expansion. I think thirty dollars may have been a bit uh, more fair. Uh, but I, you know, I, I am enjoying it. So I'm not going to uh, complain about the price. Um, I, I don't know if what I just did com- counts as a complaint, but I mean, I, I think you'll have a lot of fun. I just do think it it could have been a bit cheaper. Um, but other than that, it's, 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 it's pretty good. You, you got to go into it with the right mindset.
3: What about you, Walden? Uh, well, you know, I, I guess we can all say that. Bungie really listened to all the Destiny players as we've spent the last year testing its beta. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they followed through by doing a lot of fixes, adding a, a bit more to the game. Uh, uh, for the most part, I'd say uh, all around the game has been improved. It's 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 a better game. Uh I I don't play enough games to be able to call it the game of the year or anything. I I leave that up to you guys. Um since I really only play one or two games a year. But um it, it's it's become a much better game. It's a definite improvement.
0: Well, I I would definitely say calling it the game of the year is a bit bold, Jorge. Jorge likes to live dangerously.
1: Well, I definitely would wouldn't have called it the game of the year last year. Um, yeah, I mean, even though it was my most played game of the year last year, it definitely was not the game of the year last year. Um, it, um, but the thing about like, last year, it was still one of the better games that came out last year. Oh, I, I agree with that, <laughs> but it still wasn't the best. But for tw- it
0: definitely wasn't the best. It was one of the better games that came out last year. But 2015 has been a hell of a year for gaming. I mean, just to, just to name a few: uh, Batman, Metal Gear, Ori and the Blind Forest, Hotline Miami Two. That's just to name a few games that came out this year that were phenomenal. Now we're going into the holiday season. We got Fallout coming out, a new Starcraft. This shit's it's gonna be this shit this year. This is a good gaming year. 2015 is a good gaming year for sure. Um, so yeah, like it's I, that's what I'm saying. Like it's, I, I think it's a bit bold. Should a fucking new Halos coming out? Tomb Raider? I didn't even think I'm, about uh, those. I,
1: I'm not worried about Halo. Yeah. I don't think many people are worried about Halo being game of the year. Oh, uh, <sighs> the, the 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 heyday of Halo has passed, unfortunately, and the, it feels like Halo's playing more catch up than anything else. Um, but that but that's for another podcast. That's for another time. Um. So does anybody have any final thoughts that they want to get out uh, before we go ahead and wrap this baby up?
3: I've, I think I got everything out that I needed to get out in these, um, in this three hours. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: This is, I think we, we touched everything.
1: Yeah.
3: This, obviously this was going to be one of our longer
1: podcasts since this was right after a giant, um, release for the destiny, uh, universe. um, I don't think we spent this much time during House of Wolves discussing it um, just because there were far more things here. Um, one bit of news, um, actually a couple of bits of news. Um, the first one is starting two weeks from now, we will be going to a bi-month, uh, what is it? Bi-weekly. <laughs> Bi-weekly schedule um, as opposed to monthly. Uh, we'll be releasing two podcasts a month. Uh, that will be more concentrated shorter and I think a, a better overall package for you guys um, as it, I with all the new releases that are that will be happening uh, throughout the timeline um, of destiny coming out this year with monthly releases and seemingly week weekly releases I think it is a better option for us to go to a bi-monthly uh, schedule as opposed to monthly as it's just so many things and it'd be better than than putting out a three-hour show kind of like what we're doing right now um on top of that i would like to announce a little bit of a challenge the challenge is the first one's gonna be a, a really easy challenge actually um the challenge is send us a picture of your guardian with a full green outfit. Um, you can put it on the, uh, the Facebook site, facebook.com slash buttons. The best entry, which will be chosen by me, will win the soundtrack to um, the Taken King. I will go ahead and get you a soundtrack for that individual. So you have until two weeks from now, when we start recording the next podcast to win yourself a new album it has great music on there. Um, I really think that the soundtrack for Taken King is one of the highlights with the exception of several things, which are kind of weird. That's beside the point. Um, so you have two weeks, get your submissions into the facebook.com site slash mash those buttons. Um, to be eligible to win yourself a taking King album. Um, I want to thank you guys for listening to episode nine of In Orbit. Um, we're on SoundCloud. We're on iTunes, Overcast for iOS, Stitcher Smart Radio, Player.fm. We're also on Pocket Cast. Um, let me go ahead and also mention our brother and sister shows. We have Double Tap, which comes out the first week of every month. We have Wow Talk, which shows up every other week. It seems that we're going to be you know, doing... Um you're gonna have Wild Talk then um in orbit then Wild Talk in Orbit. I, I think that's what we're gonna be doing. Then we're gonna be having Mashcast, which shows up every Monday. I'll be on there occasionally. In fact, I'll be recording one soon. Um so you'll be able to hear me talk about other stuff besides Destiny. As I mentioned, we're on facebook.com slash mash those buttons. We're also on Twitter at MTB Site. You can also find it find us on youtube.com slash mash those buttons. I personally am on Twitter at J-I-V-S-Victor U-I-L-L-A. Um, I'm also on Facebook at Jorge Vegija, which is spelled J-O-R-G-E. My last name is V e-g U I L L A. And you can see me on the different Facebook Destiny sites. Um offering help for the raid. Uh you can find Jarrett at
0: Yeah, uh right my uh changed my uh Twitter handle to uh underscore ja underscore so it's underscore JAA underscore. <laughs> I I might be changing it again uh in uh, in recognition of the Master Chief, but for now it's underscore Ja
1: underscore. <laughs> And then, Wally, you can find him here on the podcast since he wants to be a hermit. Um, <laughs>
3: i like to so, have some secrecy in my life. That's right we, we know why. You silly little
1: freak <laughs> you. Anyway, it's been an honor and a privilege to present this episode to you guys. Stay tuned two weeks from now for In Orbit Episode 10. Get those submissions to the Facebook site, and we will see you star side. Later, guys. See ya. See yeah. ya.